0: hello like everybody
1: good, Hello everyone what's up <laughs> uh,
0: welcome to the show to movie Boners I don't know why Dustin was trying to tell me about something good his tab had but that's fine
1: it made a really good sound like it was a it was a good sound I'm glad Shut you up. liked it I did <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of beer has had that good sound well it's an interesting kind of beer um okay. I feel like you and I, I don't know. Well, I shouldn't generalize and include you on this. I know. So down here, <laughs> like all my coworkers and everything, they all try to give me shit for like the beer that I enjoy and drink because they're all the the snobby mm-hmm. beer. Right. I own it. But what cracks me up mm-hmm. is they are all like, you just drink IPAs. It's like all you drink. And it's really not. But yeah. I'm drinking a double ipa and i can't help but think <laughs> like maybe i do in fact drink a lot of ipas
0: yeah but i, I have no shame do, but it's partly because my wife has been on a kick for them and so she's like give me something i like and i'm like okay sure i can do that
1: ipas are but just i do good. drink a lot of them yeah so i'm drinking one it is appropriate for today's episode okay. uh i am drinking boom box double oh, IPA. Cool. Yeah, nice. from Real Ale Brewing. It's okay, not bad. Good. It's not bad.
0: Better than those fake ales out there.
1: <laughs> right,
0: you <laughs> fakers. Uh, so mine is the closest I could possibly get to music related. You mean you laugh mean laugh I it. finally beat you? <laughs> Mine's still music related. Yep. Yeah, is laugh it as forceful as mine? I mean, uh, you'll have to judge for yourself, right. I think. that means Mine is know. a tropical, it's the Tropical Hazy IPA. And it is from Ska
1: Brewing in Durango, Colorado. Hey, man, they make really good beer. They do. They make really good beer.
0: <laughs> they do. And if you don't <laughs> like Ska music, I can't help you because it's pretty all right. It's a fun time so okay. sometimes.
1: It's funny that you bring up Ska. My daughter I did not and I, mean
0: to make this a whole thing.
1: I'm sorry, but I'm going to say <laughs> it. Okay. You should be used to this kind of moment by now. So my daughter <laughs> and I, the like last weekend, this very last weekend, we're talking music. We're just kind of hanging out together. And I brought up Ska. And she was like, what is Ska, Dad? And I was like, Dude. It sounds
0: like it's not real.
1: <laughs> I was like, <sighs> think of like pop punk or punk but with like Mm -hmm. trombones and trumpets. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what the hell? (laughs) I was like, I'm not kidding. Black
0: and white checkers.
1: I was like, this is a, (laughs) it was a huge genre of music. And Mm -hmm. then I still stay, say, and stand by this opinion. Scott gets a lot of shit from a lot of people, but yeah. that means you clearly haven't let yourself enjoy it because ska music fucking rocks. I'm saying it right here. <laughs> it's on the record. I like it. It
0: is. Scott's it's a fun time.
1: Fun. It's so much it's
0: fu- fun. That's how you need to approach it. It's a fun time. It's, it's not like so emo and all of the other punk, like <laughs> angsty stuff, which I adore punk and emo music, but it's a fun time. It's a fun you time. You get little trumpets
1: in there. It's a good time. You got the trombone slides. like. Stop dogging on it. Go and enjoy it, folks.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't anticipate us defending Scott, but I'm, I'm glad sorry.
1: You did. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Because Scott Music rocks.
0: <laughs> okay. So box over. Uh so it well, I guess the next part of the show is the normal next part of the show. Thanks which for derailing that the movie Justin. draft.
1: Hey! Yeah, I exactly. actually don't dread checking the movie draft right now because I currently have the top two movies in the world, so
0: so yes, you should not dread it because you have, even though you're still behind, you have gained ground. You've gained.
1: I have finally like
0: gained done gro- something. You have done something. It's been a minute since you've done anything, and now you are gaining ground in the rating. You're gaining ground in the box office. I leveled off a little bit. Uh, still almost double your score, but that's fine. You do have the. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse, whatever the fuck it's called, is going to be massive. It's already massive. It's only been out a day from when we're recording this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Fast X is also huge. I didn't realize how huge it was internationally. Uh, the international box office is like four times the domestic, which is <laughs> abnormal. right? <laughs> and then Little Mermaid is doing really good as well. I mean, it, it's yep. generally good. I'm amazed that the critics are not a fan of it. I didn't expect that, um, but it, they're just doing good enough.
1: Yeah. My, uh, my daughter and her mom, they actually went and saw little mermaid Okay, and their consensus was it was actually really well done and they enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, okay. I'm still not going to watch it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the biggest complaint I've heard is uh, Aquafina and her new song. Um, but generally it seems like it, was a decent adaptation at least maybe it's because the bar has been lowered so much from all the other adaptations uh, you're never gonna that have people have given up on yeah. them. you're never gonna have one as good or new or refreshing <laughs> or anything so they're like whatever it got the gist of the original <laughs> so that's good
1: yeah yeah i i was pleasantly like hey, hey. Finally, my uh, my side of the graph will do something mm-hmm. after a month of just nothing.
0: Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, it's positive. My movies, Guardians is slowing down. Uh, Mario finally started slowing down. So, uh, But Transformers Rise of the Beasts comes out next week. And, yep. and that I think people will be kind of excited for, not just for the nostalgia Beast Wars kick. I don't know how many people care about Beast Wars besides me, but hey, dude, (laughs) there's probably a lot of people that actually remember Beast Wars. There's
1: going to be a lot. No, I think I think Beast uh, or Rise of the Beast is going to be decent,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like big. It'll be a big movie. Um,
0: Yeah, we're getting into. I'm glad that
1: they're kind of follow along to Bumblebee and not what Michael Bay was originally doing. Yeah. I think that'll help too, because Bumblebee was fun. Yeah,
0: kind of reset things.
1: Yeah, yeah. As we're getting
0: into big movie season now that Memorial Day is well, passed, it's, yeah, it's summer. summer
1: blockbuster
0: season. Yep, we're in the summer. So in June, you have Elemental and The Flash; those are going to be huge. Indiana Jones mm-hmm. is in a few weeks; that's going to be huge. I'm so excited for Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbie. All of those would be massive. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I heard
0: that uh, Tom Cruise was trying to get Oppenheimer and Barbie to move their dates because they're a week after Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah? And I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I also know that they were like discussing if Oppenheimer or Barbie should move their date to not go up against the other, but it's become too much of a thing that they have to come out the same day now. It's too funny.
1: They need to because it'll just be funny to... Like They're so different. They're so different. Um, Who knows how it's going to go. I hate saying this, but I'm actually not going to be surprised if Barbie ends up edging out Oppenheimer. In the box office? Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah, I think Barbie will appeal to a much wider audience where Oppenheimer is going to kind of like, I think, scare a lot of people, which is kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, very
0: dramatic and kind of dark. I'm excited, personally, that it's Christopher Nolan's first R-rated movie in 20 years since uh, yeah, since the Alaska one with Al Pacino.
1: Whatever. <laughs> the Alaska <is> called Insomnia. <laughs> Insomnia. Man, come on. I kept thinking of Inside, and I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> uh, Insomnia. It's so good. It's so
0: good. Yeah. But yeah, he... Uh. he Every time a movie comes out and it's really looks interesting. And then it says it's PG 13. I'm most of the time like, Oh man. But then (laughs) I don't even care when it's a Christopher Nolan movie that it's PG 13. I haven't even noticed. And then, so someone said that and I was like, Oh, I can't believe none of those other movies are rated R. Yeah. I'm not going
1: to lie. I didn't even, I don't think I've paid attention to rating on his movies since like memento. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> back in the early two thousands, when you like, <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just learned something I didn't even realize that Oppenheimer was rated R. It
0: is cool. Yeah, <laughs> it should be very interesting. But that's more than a month away. We have a lot to do
1: before yep. then. Yeah, we still have a handful of movies coming out. Yep, should be fun. Should be fun. Big of
0: movies coming out. Have you seen anything new lately?
1: Okay. So, after our last episode, where I was like, I didn't watch shit. Yeah. I saw nothing new. Yeah. I felt I had to make up some ground. So, I watched a handful of shit.
0: Okay. Nice.
1: First off, uh, I I had to text you because <laughs> I was not waiting. Yeah. Um, but you had brought up the movie Brigsby Bear. Mm-hmm. I forget which episode it was, but you had talked about it. Uh, pretty extensively and it was one that you specifically called out that i should watch that you thought i would really appreciate it and really enjoy it yeah and i came across it and was like oh shit there it is so click play watched it what a joyful <laughs> amazing movie i was like That movie just, it hit all the right spots. It was quirky. It was weird. (laughs) It was funny. It was super sad. Yeah. But like heartwarming all at the same time. Like it was the most. (laughs) I'm so glad that I went into it much later from when you had told me about it. Yeah. So it was like a little more fresh in my head. Mm -hmm. Because I did find myself at one point being like, wait a minute. I thought Jake said it was something other than what's happening. And then as I thought that, like the police show up, Oh, this is where it's at. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Awesome movie. Awesome movie folks. If you find it, uh, where'd I watch it? I think I watched it on HBO. I think Uh, go watch it. It was so good. I could not believe how good that movie was. Um, Yeah. and, and yeah, then I, uh, I watched the mother that new J Lo, oh yeah, Jennifer Lopez movie.
0: It's like it was her okay. Her version of the accountant, where she's like got a sniper rifle and stuff.
1: Kind of, well, ish, but not really. It's she's it's like, her oh,
0: shitty version of uh, Ben Affleck's other wife, who was Jennifer, <laughs> the other Jennifer. <laughs> shit the with the names right <laughs> uh, the peppermint, where she's like a mom who's
1: oh, and, I never watched peppermint. kid and husband
0: dies. And she okay. goes on like a vendetta thing. Uh, she's a badass oh. in
1: that movie, Jennifer, whatever her name is. You know what I'm saying? I never watched it. Um Yeah, the mother. It, it, I didn't hate it. It was all right. It had some good moments in it, but it was kind of like all right, cool. Um, <laughs> That's what I. Expected. And then I watched. Yeah, and then I watched Extraction, which I had texted you about. You did. I haven't I've watched Prince it Worth. Folks, I know I'm behind. That movie came out in 2020. It's a few years <laughs> later. Get over it. Uh, I enjoyed that one. I thought that one was really cool, and I will wait to have our little discussion after you watch it that I texted you about, Yeah, because I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Okay, I will watch it um, for next time, I promise. At least in cool. the beginning when
0: that fight scene happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. No, I think you'll dig the movie, actually, dude. Okay. I think you would. It's been on my list to get um, around too. I did go and see Fast X because I just can't help myself. Yeah. Right. You've seen all the others. It was better than 9. Okay. Because the ninth one, I completely forgot everything that happened in 9. They go to space in except 9. Except them being in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember what got them to the space or how they got down from it. It doesn't matter. Nine sucked. We're going to leave it at that. But Fast X was exactly what I thought it would be. Except Mm -hmm. Jason Momoa steals that movie. Like completely steals it. I think he's the only one that looks like he's having the most fun with it. Yeah. And I got to tell you, everyone leading up to this movie, all the Fast and Furious memes of it's all about family Mm -hmm. and all the, you know, I don't think any of the other installments have had a line about family mm. as much as this one does. It's like every 10th line of dialogue <laughs> has something to do with family. I love family. I love my family. Nah. I lo- like family's important. Shut
2: <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you did a drinking game to how many times Dom Toretto mentions family, Mm -hmm. you would be dead in half an hour.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I know (laughs) uh, uh, Paul Walker's daughter is in it, and that's kind of like a fun homage to family as well. I had
1: no clue. I I don't know what she looks like, so I have no clue where she popped up. Me neither. Uh, Yeah, but it was okay. It was entertaining. How is John Cena in it? That's what I need to know. John Cena, I feel bad for him at times. Because he tries so hard to be so funny yeah. in certain roles, and it just comes off so clunky. Yeah. But you forgive it because he's like the giant brooding. Yeah. Like, look at my perfectly <laughs> chiseled chin. Right. And it's like, at least you know you're and you're not trying to pull off like a Dave Batista. No offense, John Cena.
0: Right. But yeah, he's kind of got that face that is more silly than serious. Yeah.
1: Um, but he was all right in it. Okay. Like the the movie is okay. He's it's, his brother. it's a It's a Fast and Furious movie, folks, but yeah. Jason Momoa has the most fun in it and he's a pretty good villain. Okay. Um, but the best thing that I watched was Air. Oh, remember the previews for air? Yeah, about the shoe. Yeah, that movie blew me away. The Michael Jordan shoes. Yeah, by the time the end credits were rolling, I was like, "How the hell (laughs) do you take a movie about a shoe line Mm -hmm. and turn it into this huge like emotional roller coaster?" It's kind of intense when they're going through (laughs) negotiations. You're kind of like everything that's on the line, but Mm -hmm. it's such a goddamn good movie. It reminded me of uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Okay. You remember how that movie turned out to just be like awesome? Like way better than it probably should have been. Right. Air. Air was that way. I think air might be the best movie I saw like that. I've seen this movie or this year so far.
0: Oh, interesting. Wow.
1: Yeah. Like just quality wise yeah. so far, I think it, it might take the cake.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's got the caliber. I that's mostly what I was interested in. It was seeing Matt yeah. Damon and Ben Affleck back together and.
1: Oh, they're and great. together all that stuff. Yeah.
0: So that's uh, very exciting. I'll have to check it out.
1: Yeah. I loved it. Uh, that was all that I've watched.
0: Okay. Uh I've watched well, I rewatched John Wick chapter four because Christy hadn't Hell seen yeah. it yet and it was just an enjoyable time. I tried to watch paint the Owen Wilson Bob Ross knockoff. Oh yeah. Movie. It's yeah. not he's not Bob Ross. He's no Ned something or other. Um it's a knockoff. It's I I don't know what I expected to it to be, but it's not. Anything that I would enjoy, really, it's just like a weird guy who's kind of also weirdly a sex symbol that all these chicks want to hook up with, and he, he paints on public access TV and has an afro. And I don't, I didn't really get it. I didn't finish it, so maybe it gets better. But I had better things to do with my life, so I didn't finish paint. Uh, and that's pretty much all that I watched. That I, that's Uh-oh. new. People still See- need to go watch from i love from and uh i've been meaning i've been thinking that maybe i should start watching succession because it just ended and i hadn't heard anything about it until the last season but people have gone apeshit over the finale people
1: people love that show yeah like i've been told in the last week that how are you not watching succession i'm like <laughs> don't know
0: yeah i didn't hear about it until like six months ago <laughs> so i don't know where this show has been or the fans I was like didn't been? it
1: just start and they're like no it just finished like its fifth season it's over or ending i don't know which one it is mm-hmm. and i was like it's been on for that many years like, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fuck
1: yeah me right I, I don't know
0: heard anybody say anything about it but apparently it's very good so maybe i'll watch that in the near future
1: maybe Dude, when I found out about that paint movie, mm-hmm. I remember being like, oh, cool. Like a Bob Ross movie, like a movie about his life and how he just kind of had this weird impact on pop culture. Yeah. Like that could be an interesting story. And then they're like, no, it's like a weird version of him, but he's uh-huh. not Bob Ross and he doesn't do anything. Bob Ross really did except paint on yeah. public access. I'm not going to lie. As soon as I found out it was not actually about Bob Ross, I mm. lost all interest in that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I should have. I don't know what I was thinking. It's the weirdest thing. We spent more time Googling because Christy was like, Hey, did you know that Bob Ross like lost all of his rights to all of his like image and business and property and all this stuff? Uh, Cause his business partners kind of, it's a weird thing where he was—he and his wife were partners with this other couple who kind of ran all the business stuff and he just did the painting. And then his wife died, so they had controlling interest and all okay. this stuff. It could be a really good movie. It could be like a, like a won't you be my neighbor kind of situation. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, instead they made this movie about Owen Wilson smoking a pipe with an afro and trying to hook up with chicks. Um, and it wasn't even funny. It would have been better if it was at least funny, I guess. (laughs) It wasn't even funny. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like it could be Wedding Crashers Part 2, but it's not. It sucks.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that my uh, lack of interest in it is valid. Yes, he went in I, You and I tend to have very similar, if not like exact opinion about, yeah. what, 90% of the stuff that we watch. Yeah. So it's too if similar you didn't sometimes. have any interest in it, I would.
0: No, I would not would. recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Before we start the show, I was just going to throw out there. New merch in the merch store. Go and catch that shit up. Get yourself some puzzles or whatever you want <laughs> to do. Catch that shit up. That's a phrase kids say, I think. Um, Is it? no cap no cap my man uh our shit and the store is not mid i know that that's a thing that mid is bad what does that mean mid is bad mid is like oh it's not good i don't know what good is in that slang but it's not mid is it Um, it's not
1: fire anymore right because fire fire is
0: so old so years ago yeah no that's so lame (sighs) nobody says fire um but if you go to the merch store, it does, you know, support us. You get some cool stuff, uh, some cool swag. Do kids say swag? I don't know. Um, we say swag. If you don't want to buy anything, the best thing you can do to support the show is subscribe on YouTube because it yes. would, if we get up our subscribers, even if you don't watch there, if you just have a Google <laughs> account and subscribe to us, that helps. Uh, we can do cooler stuff. We can, you know, one thing we can do. I haven't even told you this, but it would be really cool if, in the future if we did this we can live stream this recording that we're doing right now and uh, people can ask us questions or chat or interact with us Oh if yeah we, if we you know get enough subscribers and uh, make it you know worth having an audience to do that with and i think that would be pretty fun maybe at that least be fun was twice do like an interactive thing with fan- uh, listeners that would be really cool but so yeah subscribe okay. on youtube or rate us on spotify just kind of get the message out that helps us a lot
1: just a just a skosh uh it is funny getting like so many notifications throughout the whole day (laughs) so-and-so's following you so-and-so's following you i was like cool go listen to the show now (laughs) go like yeah go watch the show uh to those that are we appreciate you thank you very much yeah
0: Uh, yeah that's why we do it yeah and also some people aren't on instagram and facebook i mean i'm barely on Facebook. If yeah. the stuff I sent to Instagram didn't automatically go to Facebook, we basically wouldn't be there. Um, that is but true. Some people are not on Instagram. So I've been trying to post more of the memes and, and yeah. clips and things that we do. Oh, the there. reels
1: are fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I've been trying to cross post those over to YouTube as well. They have like a community yeah. page where you can okay. post photos or post questions or post those uh, reels or uh, shorts that they have. Uh, And so there's a bunch of memes now on our YouTube as well. So if you subscribe to us and just join the community there, it's really fun.
1: Cool. Cool. Do it,
0: folks. Do it. You know you Uh, want to. You know you want to. Uh, So today's episode is an episode that we've been on the books for a long time. I think multiple people have asked us, when are you doing a top 10 movie scores episode? So today's the day, bitches. I'm so sorry. I never really ever called you bitches before. It's out of love, really.
1: It's it's affectionate, fuckers. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've wanted to do like an episode about movie scores for a long time. I know I, it was one of the earliest ideas when we were conceptualizing this whole thing. Yeah, um, and it it's it's one that we've always wanted to do, but then we're like, oh, but shit, we should do this. This episode first, and so it just kind of kept getting pushed back and back. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, it's here. I'm so excited about it. I've been prepping for this episode for like a month. Yeah, I think,
0: <laughs> yeah, you texted me times. how difficult it was, and I definitely also underestimated Dude, how difficult it was.
1: Underestimate because I,
0: the problem I think is that it's across all genres, like, there's no holds yeah. barred, and so every single movie that we love has great music in it pretty much. So trying to narrow it down to 10 is like going back to our top 10 all time (laughs) list, basically just on the music (laughs) side.
1: Yeah, it was, I underestimate because I'm one of those people that I will listen to movie score soundtracks. Yeah. As if I was throwing on like, a band to listen to or whatever. I am one of those people and I will listen to the whole thing straight through front to back. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure some of my neighbors throughout (laughs) my adult life have been like, what is he listening to? (laughs) (laughs) Cause some of it's weird shit, but that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, this was like this. Every time I thought I would have it narrowed down, Mm. I would have like 15 more, Scores pop up to be like, oh, but that one's so good. Mm-hmm. So I did end up treating this episode kind of like I did the top 10, even before you had mentioned that. Yeah. But it was still hard. I mean, I was still working on this list late last <laughs> night. So the night yeah. before recording, I was oh, still I was working making on this updates, thing.
0: <laughs> you know, an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but ultimately, My list, I I, obviously I'm not going to speak for years, but my list really came down to uh, how much the the soundtrack really enhances the movie itself, but how it actually kind of, like, affects me on that deep musical level. So I really turned to this top ten list as if it was, like, my top ten favorite bands. Mm -hmm. Um, So this, like... It was a weird emotional roller coaster for me during some of these soundtracks. Uh, some of them not so like emotional, but just it hit that right chord. Yeah, uh, pun intended. And uh, <laughs> I, I really feel like, like I said with the top ten uh, movies, I feel like if you ask me a year from now, my top ten scores, a few of these might shift like rotate through or it would be completely different who knows yeah but current juncture in time this is the list it (laughs) was an interesting one
0: yeah it's very interesting i had a i had a hard time because i i love so many uh movies and their soundtracks and i didn't i didn't i kind of did what i did with my top 10 comedy back in the day where i kind of Intentionally made it more diverse than it probably would naturally be because I could make this a top
1: 10 Hans Zimmer list pretty easily. (laughs) Okay, Okay, I have to, (laughs) I'm just gonna say this right now because it's my goddamn list. Yeah, don't judge me. (laughs) Hans Zimmer is my favorite composer, and it turns out he has composed like 90% of the movies that I love. (laughs) Yeah, he is prominent. On my list, <laughs> yeah, he's more than
0: a couple of times on my list for sure. But I did spread it around more than uh, yes. more than I and could have done for sure. Uh, I I also thought it was interesting how many movies have forgettable soundtracks, and particularly around like I was thinking about it, and it, I was very surprised that I could not think of any memorable or iconic or legendary like. Marvel movie soundtrack, you feel like there should be well, one that kind of reaches that status that you would listen to. You have to, to go time. with just
1: the basic Avengers theme song. That one song, though, doesn't qualify
0: as like, a but great it doesn't soundtrack. qualify.
1: I'm in the same boat with you. I'm, in, I'm yeah. very much in the same boat with you, but I don't. I found myself kind of thinking about that and figuring, okay, movies kind of stop doing the like theme song. Mm-hmm. Really in the 2000s then it just kind of became like interjected randomly into it, and people would mm-hmm. just kind of gravitate to that moment of being like, well, that has to be the the theme song. But yeah, you know, if you go with comic book movies, yeah, we don't get like it's the Danny the, Elfman like, Batman, we don't have yeah, the John Williams John-
0: level. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, yeah, it's weird. That was something that I guess I've just never really thought of until the last few months, really. But yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely a weird, a weird thing. But uh, and there's definitely a lot of movies with a great, a, a great scene with a very memorable song <laughs> over it. Um, but I tried to make my list more all-encompassing—the total yeah. movie, total soundtrack. Um, how it how it flows just like I don't judge a whole movie based on one scene I'm not going to judge a whole soundtrack based on one song so I tried to make it make it the whole package um, and something for fans to know as we get into it we're not we're only doing original scores so yeah. it has to be original music not a soundtracks with popular music on it
1: it's not the uh, music inspired by Although yep. when I told a few people who asked like, Ooh, what's the new one? And I tell them they're like, Oh, but soundtracks movie has like movies have great soundtracks.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: used to <laughs> Tarantino but the movie soundtrack too. is also something that just kind of like with the exception of guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Which yeah. incorporated that into the movie itself. Like, right. It did it the best. The soundtrack kind of, went the wayside too, which kind of bummed me out. I'm not going to yeah, lie. I feel like
0: Tarantino's <laughs> the only one that's really doing that anymore.
1: Yeah. It, it kind of bummed me out thinking about that. Yeah. <sighs> but <laughs> uh, the other thing I was
0: going to say, because I feel like it's going to be very difficult for me to describe these movies and the way they make me feel. We are big fans of music, all kinds of music. We just talked about how we like ska music of all things. Um, I don't feel qualified to really describe the intricacies of music <laughs> writing and music performing and the words and phrases and technical names. for We things. are not
1: composers. We are no. not
0: musicians. <laughs> I like, I watch these videos of these like essays about how this person did all these really interesting things with this movie and this mm-hmm. music. And, and they do things that are so intricate and, and, brilliant and nobody is ever going to know because you're just listening to it and you're like oh that sounds nice but if you're a big music nerd you know like oh they did this like rolling chord change thing that happened and that and and it mirrors how this happens or they used three different things to mirror the three different people that are in the scene like i get it it's really really cool (laughs) i love hearing about it but i don't know enough to tell you about it so i do feel i'm going to try my best but I'm not going to be able to say all of the details about the
1: movie. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm not going to be able to give you musical notes. Like, Mm -hmm. like we can with movies, we can go through a movie and completely dissect a scene or like a meaning can't do it with music. So the way that I was trying to figure out, like, how do I describe this? These soundtracks to people of why they're so good, Mm -hmm. at least to me, Uh, really that's what kind of like triggered the, like, well, how does the music not only enhance the movie, Mm -hmm. but how does it actually like move you? It's music it's supposed to have, right. It's supposed to trigger you. So how is the music triggering you and why is that trigger so Mm -hmm. important to you? So I feel like this might actually end up being a pretty deep episode (laughs) without being a like musical breakdown episode
0: yeah yeah i could see that for (laughs) sure it's it's brilliant to me how composers are able it's kind of like a it's like a psychological thing where they get into your mind and manipulate you into feeling certain things or or they can have like a couple of notes that they early on relate to a character and that's that one character's theme quote unquote um and then later on they just like play those couple of notes and you, you they trick you into thinking about that person or that character <laughs> without even being on screen they may not even be around but you know <laughs> that the person you're watching is thinking about them because they made you think about them yeah. they, they do such brilliant things and i think it's it's often under appreciated which is a weird thing to say because i think everybody loves music and movies and and it's it's vital the, the, there, you can have a good movie without music in it. There are a handful <laughs> of movies that have like no music and they're really, really good. But I think it's also no mistake that since the beginning of film, before they even had microphones and sound on well, set, before
1: talkies, it was music.
0: Yeah, they just had <laughs> silent films and played music over the top of it, and that told the audience kind of what's happening, how to feel, all of those important cues, uh, triggers, like you said. And so I think, yeah, I do think since the beginning of time, it's just, it's completely connected to movies, which are obviously Mm -hmm. primarily a visual medium, but the music is an invisible helper that you can't really take away most of the time. They can, they're very good at elevating and helping out the situation.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a, it feeds what you're seeing, but then it like adds so much or so many different layers to it that, yeah, yeah you'll see a character, there'll be a, a familiar note that comes on you like, you'll have that little like twinge inside of you that you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. <laughs> like they make you remember like whether it's a sad moment earlier on or you just like they'll they'll slow the tempo or something up and you understand like, Oh, something, something rough is happening right now. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. the grandiose of like, Oh, the full orchestra just came in. So something either really exciting or really dramatic is happening. And it's just how it, I I like that you said it manipulates you because it it does. Cause they'll cue you to understand what's happening even before something's Mm -hmm. shown up on screen. I think, um, the horror genre is probably the most yeah. like notorious for doing this. Everyone knows like when the music in a, in a scary movie starts speeding up or gets a little more dom dom, like, <laughs> oh, danger's near, right. Or yeah. jaws, you know, you just know <laughs> what's mm-hmm. lurking uh, to the point where I think they've overdone it at times, and now it's just kind of become the joke, yeah. so I like it when I... A...
0: Well, the music is often most of the thing you jump at and like, right. jump scares yeah, because, because like... they're like, like, make it really...
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think there's some scary movies out there that have kind of like taken notice of that and omitted that yeah. part. They've taken it out, which has actually added more fear, almost, mm-hmm. to the film, or more of right. a reaction to it. Um, But yeah, these mine have all completely like, no, we're leaning into how we want the audience to feel. We we want you to... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Well, let's do this, man. I believe you kick us off this time, (laughs) good sir. Okay. Uh,
0: My top 10, number 10 favorite film score of all time, I decided to go with a western and western movies and their music are just kind of a staple in my life and mind uh can't get away from them but this one is kind of ingrained in my soul because it's my personal favorite and one that i've heard countless times and i throughout it just kind of moves me in the best way so i chose silverado as my favorite uh, western film score it's got the main themes in it it's got kind of the main uh, it's very exciting but also slow and romantic and all mm-hmm. the things you kind of want from that and uh, it has it has all of the main kind of big western sounds that ha- that you want as they're you know riding across the prairie and all that stuff. It's, it's just use one of those things that you have to hear it's uh, done but composed by Bruce. Ralph Broughton, who's the same uh, guy, he did a bunch of the favorite movies that I had like as a kid, yeah. family movies and things like that. Um, but he's also done like Tombstone, which is also really, really good. Oh, um, and I chose I chose Silverado <laughs> over Tombstone just for mostly the the main uh, theme okay. that's played throughout It's just it's it's one of the
1: best. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to check Silverado. that one out. I'll have to check that one out. You just said Tombstone, oh, my so brain good. was like. You didn't even think of tombstone. See, and that has been my dilemma for Mm -hmm. the last month. Damn it. (laughs) Tombstone has a good soundtrack. I'll have to check the Silverado out. Uh, It's been a minute since I've watched that movie.
0: Oh my God. So good.
1: I know you love It it. has
0: Kevin Klein. It has Kevin Costner. It has. uh, Oh shoot. I was so close to remembering. Uh, so close to remembering the other. Not Chevy Silverado. That doesn't help me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, it's also directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who did uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Scott Glenn, Danny Glover, obviously, um, John Cleese is in it. He's really funny. It's they're like the, Kevin Klein, Kevin Costner, Scott Glenn, and Danny Glover. Are like the four dudes right. who uh, kind of form this group and uh, the whole adventure is amazing. It was in my top 10 action adventure list in our very first episode ever, but yeah uh, Silverado's great.
1: Can you believe that was like three years ago, Jake?
0: No, we're coming up on our we're third year anniversary. Fucking
1: weird, dude. Fucking it's weird.
0: like end of June-ish, I think. But it's fun. It is fun.
1: That's a good one. I'm going to have to check that one out again just to have a nice refresh.
0: Yeah, pay attention to
1: music. Uh, all right. Well, my number 10... Um perhaps is one of the most recognizable theme. It has one of the most recognizable themes, but the soundtrack itself, the full soundtrack Mm -hmm. is so interesting. And it's so exciting to me because it's so much more than just the one song that everyone knows off of it. But if you listen to it, it really does take you through this whole journey of spies and trying to save the world and trying to figure out, who the mole is and all this. So my number 10 is mission impossible by Danny Elfman. Okay. Uh, Danny Elfman is primarily known for composing like Tim Burton mm-hmm. films and having weird soundtracks, but he also has a lot of really good ones, kind of surprising ones for a lot of yeah. people. I think uh, mission impossible would be one of mm-hmm. them. That soundtrack. It's so exciting. It's so like you really are taken on this whole adventure, but the last couple tracks, the whole like the music that plays during the entire train sequence at the end is so cool and it's so exciting. And when you listen to just the music, just you know, mm-hmm. just the soundtrack, it started really triggering some stuff for me. Of just like one, it's one of my all-time favorite action movies. It's one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite franchises. But just listening to that music has always just really been like, oh, this is just like it's almost empowering. It, it like kind of prods at you of yeah. like, come on, <laughs> come on, and you want to like kind of have to react like Ethan Hunt does mm-hmm. throughout the course of the film. But there's moments of just crazy excitement. There's the quiet, somber moments. There's the weird, like as the mystery is being unraveled or really starting to pile up on him. And then the whole just kind of taking a -hmm. breather at the end. Like it's just, there's something about the soundtrack that really has always kind of gotten to me. And it does have a nostalgia or nostalgic, like kind of piece to it, but it's more than that for me. It just like, it really, it connects on a fun action anyway, and it it definitely reminded me of like man no wonder as a kid i'd run around the house pretending to be ethan hunt and wanting to just be this guy that's like trying to figure out how do you make it make everything right again so it's just it was exciting very exciting soundtrack yeah
0: i've I've always been listening and watching those movies recently as well and uh And I definitely agree that the the soundtrack is incredible, especially
1: in that first one. I think it gets kind of overlooked just because of the theme song. Yeah. But the rest of the music is, it's very cool, especially for that action-y spy Mm kind of global travel style film. Yeah, the theme song
0: is, I don't know if it's true anymore these days for the kids, but you may or may not know that mission impossible was a tv show in the <laughs> 60s or 70s and that theme song was very uh well known so it kind of was an obvious thing to have in the movie but the rest of it is all original and all very interesting and all the movies have their own variation on the theme kind of mm-hmm. like the james bond theme and all that yeah uh great pick i love that pick great. uh <clears throat> my number nine may get a little heat because it is often heralded as one of the greatest movies of all time and it is a little low on my list but I felt like I had to put The Godfather from Nina Nina Rota at my number nine spot not because I don't like it anymore in any way it's my number nine favorite of all time I love this movie and I love the soundtrack I feel like The Godfather soundtrack as soon as you start the movie and like the opening starts and the mm-hmm. single solitary horn comes in and it starts playing that sound that song it just transports you into that world and you totally oh yeah you feel like it's full of that Italian heritage and family and all of the things that the movie carries in its themes i feel like the music does such so, a so good job of doing that as well and through every iconic scene, whether it's a horse in your bed, or a wedding, or a, uh, the series of murders, or the <laughs> leave the gun, take the cannoli—all of this stuff has this music around it that feels so uh, appropriate, and yeah. and and you feel like you are kind of experiencing something that you're not supposed to. I think that's one of the great things about The Godfather and and the music kind of feels like it's letting you into this world that you're not really supposed to be a part of, um, being part of the mafia or being whatever. So I, I love it. And I think that, uh, I think it, it, it's so iconic and part of the reason that people praise the Godfather, it's arguably one of the best movies of all time. Uh, if not the best, it's that way mm, primarily, maybe not primarily, but significantly because of the, Soundtrack as well, oh, like it's inseparable from that movie completely, and it would not at all be the same movie without that. So it's like you said, fully entwined with it, fully
1: elevates. Uh, <laughs> right, movie. it does. Yeah, yeah. I I know. Uh, I get I get a lot of virals because I actually prefer the first Godfather over the second one, and I know mm. the mass. Majority of people are reversed, where they say yeah. now the second one is the superior. I I just don't think so. But the music from that first one, yeah, yeah. As soon as it kicks in with the opening, you're just like, <laughs> I feel invited into something very dangerous. Yeah, you feel moved into this world. You feel yeah, and it's just you never fully trust. Mm-hmm. The characters or the music, and the music definitely lends to that. That's such a cool pick. I yeah, love it's, that. See, it's kind
0: of got like the a melancholy level, or kind of like almost like you're at a funeral or something. Listening yeah. to taps in a way, it's I don't know. It yeah it gives you that sense of I like this, but I don't know if it's safe to like <laughs> it. Kind
1: <of> right. <laughs> That's a fantastic pick, Jake. Thank That's you. Such a good pick. Oh, you've mentioned two movies that I like completely just spaced. (laughs) There's a lot of them out there. (laughs) There's so
2: much.
0: I do Uh, think that we will overlap at least a handful of times on this list
1: though, by the way. I don't know. You don't I think I have a couple surprises on mine. If we do overlap, it might be a little bit further down the line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Or it'll be a a close overlap. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, my number nine definitely hits the nostalgia factor as well, but the soundtrack to this movie is one of the biggest reasons why I became obsessed with this movie at such a young age. Um, I still think this movie, I mean, it was on my top 10 action movies. I would probably move it to like my top 10 fantasy at this juncture, you know, three years later. Yeah. Um, But it would still be in a top 10 list. Cause it's just, this movie is amazing to me. it's such a cool story of like friendship and, and kind of the lengths that you'll go for those you care about. And like, even just trying to do the right thing, what lengths you, you know, people can go towards. It's fast um, and furious. <laughs> it's all about family. <laughs> no. Um, but the soundtrack to Dragonheart. Oh, by yeah. Randy Edelman is powerful mm-hmm. and it totally transports you into that like medieval fantasy time. Uh you totally believe that they're dragons or at least one last surviving one. You totally like the music just drops you into this world. Yeah. And you are there permanently. <laughs> but there is there is a piece of music that plays During the course of the movie, well, actually, at the it's the final like piece of music during the finale of the film, the last like five minutes of the movie. Yeah, that music to this day still gives me chills. (laughs) I have seen this movie thousands of times, Mm -hmm. and that music, like, so telling my daughter about this episode, Dragonheart was the first soundtrack that I threw on because I was like. I kind of already know this one's going to be here. <laughs> yeah. So I threw it on. I, I was driving to go pick her up and I'm listening to it. I'm in the car and that piece of music, if you've seen the movie folks, you know what I'm talking about, Jake, I know, you know, yeah. And the, the music hits this certain note and I'm like driving and just being like, Oh my God, what the <laughs> fuck!" like wiping the teary eye. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I tell my daughter this because she's seen Dragonheart, and I told her like the music to Dragonheart, kiddo. I think that's going to be on my list, and she was just like, "I know, I know what you're talking about." <laughs> I was like, "You want to rewatch it with me?" And she's all, "No, <laughs> no, Dad. I should, I should put an asterisk." My daughter enjoy Dragonheart, yeah, but it just it's a it hit her on a more of level. a
0: moving movie than it should be
1: than it should be and uh part of me wanted to like no don't put like don't put this on your list it's almost too obvious like Mm -hmm. at least to me it was too obvious and then i just the more i listened to it the more i was like no it's on my list Yeah, (laughs) it is on it. It's so good, and it it just whether I listen to it in the car, here at home, or watch it and you know listen to it while it's playing for the movie. I the music is uh, almost a character all on its own.
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Dragon Hearts one of those movies that I watched a ton as a kid, and I remember all of that music. And it (laughs) it is one of those great like fantasy soundtracks that really just. T- kind of takes you to that mystical world and b- makes you believe oh, yeah. that dragons are real and all this g- incredible, <laughs> enjoyable stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. I like that. I like Dragonheart a lot. Uh, my number eight is a different composer. I tried to th- throw a bunch of different composers on here, so you'll be surprised that they're not all uh, the great old Hans Zimmer. I, Although I-, I tried to do
1: that too, and then I was <laughs> like, well... Hans almost makes up half of my list. (laughs) I think I need to fill it with something other than Hans.
0: (laughs) Well, my number eight is from the great James Horner, who has also done a lot of great soundtracks. Uh, You know, Titanic, Apollo 13, all those good ones. My number eight, though, is the fantastic Braveheart. Because... Braveheart soundtrack. I'm a sucker for bagpipes. I don't understand when people say that they're (laughs) annoying or grating or whatever they say about them. I think they're beautiful and incredible. And especially in movies like Braveheart where it's, they're used in exciting actiony ways, but also in very emotional. I mean, they can be used in romantic ways as well. Braveheart's a movie that has everything, but also in very like sad forlorn, kind of melancholy ways um i think brave uh, bagpipes are just incredible and braveheart as a is basically partially a war epic kind of story where you have all the battle scenes and all that stuff um all of those are just elevated i think by the soundtrack of course and they they carry all the excitement and the the drama of it if you watch that Battle and you watch William Wallace's speech and all that stuff. His words alone <laughs> would not be enough to actually make you like feel like you want to oh, yeah. get out of your sh- seat and yell at the screen and, and join <laughs> up. Uh, but once you under overlay or underlay all of the the music and uh, soundtrack across all of the scenes in this movie, it just it's a whole other level. And it takes Braveheart to just be one of the most incredible movies of all time. So it's true. I had, to, I had to put uh, James Horner and Braveheart on that list.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing pick. I did not put Braveheart on my list. I pulled a U because I was uh-huh. like, guarantee Braveheart is on Jake's. So I can leave it off of mine because I trust, I am trusting that he is going to bring it up so that he it'll at least get mentioned. I was thinking wow. about that. We've said that.
0: I don't know how many times over the course of this show. It's never happened where I trusted you to put something on your list and then you didn't. And I think oh, vice yeah? versa. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I think there's a time where that has to happen at some point. And that's kind It'll of It'll have weird. to
1: happen. It'll yeah. have to happen.
0: It's weird that we haven't done that where you're like, Oh no, nobody listed an obvious one that we thought we should list.
1: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I agree with you. The bagpipes, especially in Braveheart, or <laughs> bagpipes used in like any firefighter movie,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: or the department. I don't
1: understand like when bagpipes are played well and played as they're intended, they are awesome. Whether it's the like the more upbeat kind of life mm-hmm. filling, if you will, or it makes you want to dance or the very sad somber where you're just like this is heavy (laughs) Um, I immediately when I hear like Braveheart bagpipes I always instantly just kind of go back to the final scene of the movie where Mm -hmm. uh, it's the narration over the bagpipe after all is said and done and Robert the Bruce is getting ready to lead the army across again his narration over the bagpipes and just the mixture of like what you see on screen, even when they're just standing staring down yeah. the English army. Like to me, it's just like that's powerful. Right. And that's kind of what, like, yeah. Uh right. great I movie, agree. great soundtrack. <laughs> oh, so good. Good pick, Jake. Thank oh. you. Well, my number eight is gonna take a hard left. Okay. Uh, it is not uplifting. Hmm. It's just very unique. And it's... Now, these two guys, they've composed a handful of movies. But this was the first one that really caught my attention. Uh, it did catch... like I think it even got nominated for like a, an Academy Award. But um, I was instantly just like... I, I love this movie in general, but the music just completely elevates this movie from being something, a movie about something so mundane and kind of mocked before people saw it to being just one of those movies where people are like, Oh, you should watch this one. There's a lot in it. Um, yeah. But my number eight is the social network by Trent Reznor mm-hmm. and Atticus Ross. Okay. Our generation grew up knowing Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Now, I have never been the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan. Don't at me. Get over it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I always get people that are like, how do you not like Nine Inch Nails? I just never got it. I, yeah. Get over it. Um,
0: I like the Johnny Cash cover of the one song, Hurt.
1: That's, right. That's <laughs> right. And But even Trent Reznor had come out after... Johnny Cash did that and was like, no, that's his song. This has, this is no longer a nine inch Nails song as it should be. Um, but Trent Reznor as a composer Mm -hmm. is so interesting because he does a lot of different things and it's all, a lot of the time it's for something very intense. So like he did the gone girl soundtrack he's done. He's worked with David Fincher a handful of times now. Yeah. Um, And his scores are intense, but then he also did the movie soul that Disney and Pixar film where it was like jazz themed, which I love that soundtrack. I absolutely Mm. adore that soundtrack, but there's something about the social network. And I was really trying to figure it out over the last month of what is it about this soundtrack that every time I listen to it, it just grabs me and I just can't, get away from it and I think I figured it out maybe I i could be wrong but I think because it's the score to a movie about how someone can just like completely lose touch with important things as connection they get yeah. caught up in their own world they think you know they become very vain they just it's easy it's a downward spiral um, for like us as humans to kind of get caught up in all of this and the soundtrack perfectly kind of like plays out that danger without ever really having this huge crescendo or really overdoing it it's just yeah it's like that voice in the back of your head of like You're making a mistake, you're making a mistake, you're making a mistake. I guess lean into it. I think
0: it's a big part of why the social network is so compelling. Obviously, David Mm -hmm. Fincher does a great job of keeping your attention and keeping tension and all of those things. But the music also kind of moves it forward and compels you into this very fascinating and dark story about a dork who made a website (laughs) and is trying to get people to make friends with other people like, and the irony of it, like you said, you're not actually being social, but you're trying to create a social network. It's a weird thing.
1: Yeah. You're, you're losing friends as you're trying to encourage Mm -hmm. others to connect. But yeah, as we all know, Facebook isn't there to connect anyone anymore. It's yeah.
0: It's at best an artificial connection as well.
1: Oh, 100%. It's all artificial. Um, yeah. And I think the music really adds to that. It even has quick blips where it's like super fun. And you're like, mm-hmm. ooh, here we go. But then it drops. And you're like, oh. ooh, that felt like kind of temptation. Or like to get, you know, yeah. if you want to get philosophical, it feels like there are moments of that temptation. And then the the consequences of it. And right. I just, I was like, man, this really feels just, maybe that's it. Maybe the soundtrack is so humanizing to something that yeah. like loses touch with humanity. It almost feels like that soundtrack could play out to a good number of our lives out here in the yeah. world. <laughs> and that's yeah. not oh. a compliment, by the way, folks. No. That's a-
0: it's a warning sign, <laughs> <laughs> but true.
1: But yeah, I just I can't get over that soundtrack. It's so good. When I put it on cuz I enjoy listening to it, but at the same time, I have mm-hmm. moments where I'll like be halfway through it and I'll just be like, "Um, I think I need I think I need something different." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like...
0: yeah. yeah. I didn't know Trent Reznor did that, but I definitely I can picture the music in my mind and it's a really good soundtrack. Yeah. All right, my number 7 is kind of different maybe more different than the rest of the ones on my list uh because it's very may you might say experimental it's kind of it's very more electronic than a lot of the other you know traditional instruments uh my number seven is from the composer vangelis for blade runner oh that blade runner soundtrack and the way he he throws in all these like blips and bloops and bleeps mm-hmm. and stuff and, <laughs> and uh, it's sorry <laughs> it feels you don't really know where the like music that you're listening to as an audience stops and the actual scene and the mm-hmm. machines and the androids and all of these uh very futuristic things start it there's kind of bleeds together at, at some points and i think it does a really good job of just capturing the aesthetic blade runner has a very specific aesthetic of super futuristic, but also super dark and gritty and, Mm -hmm. and kind of cyberpunky with like neon lights and neon and umbrellas with lights inside of the handles and all this stuff. And I think that the soundtrack kind of reflects that where it's, it's kind of pop poppy-er it's at at points but then also very noir film noir detective style Mm -hmm. uh music at at other points and uh and there's a lot of intrigue in the movie you don't really know who's a replicant who's not a replicant uh should you fall into this romantic relationship should you not do that and i think the music kind of keeps that unease constantly where you you don't really know is Decker going to succeed all of this stuff? And so I think it kind of carries you through the whole movie in such a great way. Um, and the whole movie would Blade Runner would not be nearly as good with any, any other soundtrack than what it has. So it's the perfect thing for what it needed to be at the time. And I always love when that kind of happens, it's just kind of a serendipitous thing. Uh, Blade Runner is incredible. And so is all the music. I also love the music in Blade Runner 2049, but I feel like, a it's hans zimmer and had enough hans zimmer music on my list already (laughs) and b i think it's built on the back of the original and kind of had to follow in that footsteps that was originally established and uh uh, and it does a very good job of it but the original is just perfect
1: yeah yeah the the music to both blade runner movies is top notch Mm -hmm. but i agree with you uh hans zimmer as brilliant as 2049 is he did have to like carry on like he had to okay so we're gonna connect here and then i can build off
0: which he has to make it
1: feel like it fits into something that's already established yeah um but that first movie's soundtrack is it's futuristic without being futuristic like without overdoing it really
0: and especially Uh, for the time it's in 1982 it's not like 2001 a space odyssey's futuristic yeah. music or which is all like classical or like star wars and like all of this stuff is very big orchestra is very you know no it's very
1: i mean most of blade runner takes place in like the slums or in yeah. the rain like it's it's in the dark for the majority of the film. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not raining, yeah, the they're music. in a dusty abandoned area. So
0: and the music reflects that. It's no like big triumphant things. Right. That right.
1: <laughs> that's a great pick. Oh man. I'm stoked for that episode by the way. Ooh, big big teaser. Uh oh, yeah. that's way We're down the line. Um Oh yeah, that's going to be good. All right. <laughs> great pick jake that's fantastic uh my number seven was one of those where i was like if we cross this might be one of them because the soundtrack to this movie since it came out has been widely regarded as like this might be one of the greatest soundtracks for a movie ever made or like scores Mm -hmm. um I remember playing it for friends when I saw this movie, like after I saw this movie back in 2000 uh, and Mm -hmm. they got obsessed with the soundtrack and, or, you know, all the music and everything. Um, I had a friend, she was a gymnast for years. She used the music from this movie as part of her like floor routine at one point. Yeah. That'd be badass. It was badass. I I was there when she did it. It was pretty cool. But this soundtrack, it's the first, like, I guess, technically epic soundtrack, the huge pieces and all that, the big exciting action sequences, the huge dramatic moments. Um, But the last half of the soundtrack is so deeply moving and deeply, Mm -hmm. like, emotional and freeing uh which fits because it's about slaves in Rome. So uh mm-hmm. my number seven is Gladiator by Hans yeah. Zimmer. <laughs> I you yeah. can't deny the soundtrack. It's just so it's beautiful. It's haunting with the scores mm-hmm. that come on whenever you know. Um, That Julius is on screen because he's so evil and you just, you know, you can feel it like deep inside of you. You can just feel the dread. Even when you listen to the the music on its own, like even if you don't picture him, you just feel like, ew, this is. Yeah. (laughs) I need to get out of the situation, but you go through the huge set pieces you know the action sequences and the dramatic moments and the real sad moments and you're just you feel every single thing that you see on screen you feel through the music and then if you listen to the soundtrack all on its own you feel it on a like personal at least i do on a very personal level yeah of just like the urgency of like okay Maybe it's time for me to get my shit together, which you're going to hear folks. I'm sorry. You're going to hear me say that several times today.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's inspirational. It's
1: very inspirational. Uh, And even the sad somber parts of the soundtrack, you can Mm. actually view it sad or you can view it as that. Like you're letting go, you're finding peace or you're finding freedom. Uh, It's just, it's one of the most, Impactful soundtracks I think I've ever listened to to this day, and it came out 23 years ago.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It is an overlap for me. Uh, (laughs) Not at this spot, but very close. Everything you said is true, and I'll say the same thing when we get to it in a couple (laughs) of spots.
1: Awesome. All right. First overlap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Before that, though, my number six is maybe a different one. I don't know. I feel like I didn't originally consider this one. This was the last one I've added to my list and I realized it. And I was like, Oh, that movie's soundtrack was really good. And so I listened to it and I'm like, no, that movie soundtrack is incredible. I can't believe how good it is. I've kind of forgotten. And so just listened to it over and over and uh, it kept moving up the list every time I listened to it so my number six is from there will be blood and composed by johnny greenwood who is it's only the second feature film that he composed Mm -hmm. it's the first major feature film that he composed and he's also the guitarist for radiohead who i don't listen to radiohead i don't know anything about radiohead (laughs) but the fact that a relatively popular rock group guitarist could compose the music and the cellos and the yeah. and all of the things that happen in There will be blood. I'm a sucker for cellos and and there's great piano and violin and everything and There Will Be Blood. But the music in this movie, I feel like it's just so perfectly captures the darkness and the complexity that is Daniel Plainview, who is this character that you you feel like you should understand originally and he ends up being pretty different overall and just, you keep waiting for him to kind of change and it kind of does, but not in the ways you expect there will be blood is just one of those incredible movies. And I think it does. It's, I think it's one of the best It is Daniel or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. I think it's probably the just overall the best combination of all of those writer director yeah. and all of the actors in that movie as well um it's just amazing and the music itself it just kind of i put it on and you just immediately picture the scene that it happens <laughs> in and i had completely forgot like how if i could if i picture the scene i wouldn't be able to hear the music right but if i play the music i can picture the scene <laughs> and it's such it's such a weird i don't know it's such a weird relationship that exists between those things. Oh, yeah. They, you can play it and he, you know, hear the cello, and then you see him in the little car driving with his son, and I'm like, I, I don't understand how this works, but it <laughs> taps into my human brain and nervous system in such a weird way. That's so, what music it's beautiful, does, man. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's, like you said, kind of haunting and, and tragic, but in yeah. a beautiful
1: way. I remember first time I saw there will be blood and the first time you start hearing music and just like the menu on the DVD and just the overall, like look of the film, but then you hear the music on top of it. And I remember watching it and just thinking like, Ooh, I'm in for something. (laughs) I am probably not actually prepared for. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. Oh, good movie. Good soundtrack. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's one of those like Daniel Day Lewis, awesome actor. I'm a fan mm-hmm. for the most part of quite a bit of his stuff. Um, yeah. I, I tend to like lean towards my favorite role of his, is like him as Lincoln
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and There Will Be Blood. And there's times over like I'll see a screenshot from There Will Be Blood. And I just, I have to like in my head, I'm like, that might be his best <laughs> performance. That might be yeah. the one. Like as much as you love Lincoln, you might mm-hmm. have to admit <laughs> this is his best role. And I'm like, but I, don't I just want love to the admit Daniel. That.
0: I love the Daniel Plainview voice that he yeah. does in that character. It's just so it's weird and kind of scary, but also disarming and charming. It's fun to do,
1: <laughs> which makes it scarier. Yeah, it's great. That's a great pick, man. All right, so my number six, I feel like people will try to give me some flack over the movie itself, which I get because it was a huge undertaking. It's a weird-ass movie. Um, (laughs) It's one of those ensemble films where the cast is so brilliant, but the movie kind of hoped... They put too much hope into the ensemble itself to carry the entire thing. Now, that being said, I don't mind the movie. I don't think it's as amazing as I think Mm -hmm. filmmakers thought it was going to be, but I still think it's interesting enough because it's just weird enough for me. But primarily, the music to this movie is why Mm -hmm. I am a fan of this movie. Like, of why... I couldn't have cared oh. really, of the other stuff. But the music is so good. Especially, like, the so main... So like the
0: music a lot more than the movie.
1: I do. I, I like the music a lot more than I like the movie. I don't mind the movie. Like, I own the movie. But I bought the movie primarily so that I could have the soundtrack to certain scenes. And then I got the soundtrack by itself. Okay. And it's one that I've just always listened to. It's beautiful. It feels... The soundtrack makes me feel like I'm listening to a classical artist without listening to a classical artist. And I'm not no offense to any of those guys, but like it just, it has that feel where it should be played on something classical, but it's not because it has weird, like futuristic themes, but then it has just heartbreaking moments uh, and just beautiful moments. It's very, very beautiful music, but my number six is Cloud Atlas by Tom mm. Twyker, Tequir, however the fuck you say his name. I don't know. But the music to Cloud Atlas, I think, is the shining star of that movie. Yes, the movie is pretty goofy in in certain times, but <laughs> the music. I remember when I watched Cloud Atlas and just being like blown away. And then when it got out, I remember being like, oh my god, I love that movie so much. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized, like, no, no, the movie was okay, but the music is what I'm so like. I yeah. became obsessed with the music very shortly after How it watching you this video. It was so yeah. good. It's so powerful to me. By the time the final note plays on that soundtrack, I, I just feel like I kind of feel like there's hope. Like you feel that like surge of mm-hmm. okay what's next, but in a hopeful way, not a, a dreading kind of way. The music is just mm-hmm. so beautiful to that movie side. I just I couldn't couldn't not have it on here and I would have had it lower, but the more I listened to it, the more it was just like, no, this hits me on a on a very deep level. So it had to be higher. Beautiful yeah. music.
0: Okay. I like it. Uh, My number five is our crossover of Gladiator. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) So pretty close to where you had it. Uh, And I feel like this movie has everything, and the music reflects that so perfectly. It is Hans Zimmer, and he also did it with Lisa Gerrard, who they they worked together on uh, Tears of the Sun, which has another very memorable uh, score for me. But there are parts in... Glad, there's the like, Gladiator has everything. It has the very exciting battle sequences and the triumph and victory and those, and the music carries you there. And then it has him losing his wife and the child. Right? And those like everybody can picture. I'm sure the scenes where he's like rubbing his hand across across the top of the grass uh, as he's like dreaming of his future of seeing them again and it's just so perfect the way that the music kind of takes you into that dream and makes you feel that hope (laughs) sadness but hope at the same time um and there's a lot of really exciting things there's there's music in this movie that reminds me so much of Hans Zimmer's music in the Pirates of the Caribbean Mm -hmm. where it sounds kind of similar um and so that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just that excitement to music and and drums and everything that goes on, and uh, it, yeah, it has everything. It has the the colosseums and the huge epics. Like he had to create music that's kind of on the scale of Ben Hur, which you haven't really had in movies for a really long time, and he had to do it in two thousand, which is kind of crazy. And uh, and then, like you said, all of the stuff with with. Commodus and all of the yeah. just weird, creepy villain stuff is all done super <laughs> well as well. So, like I, you put it perfectly. Gladiator is one of the best soundtracks of all time. It just is, and it it flows so well. It's one of the ones that you can just listen to beginning and end, beginning to end, so easily. It, you just find yourself completely just soaked up in it. It's yeah. incredible.
1: I'm so glad we had that as our crossover. I I felt like it was a good possibility. That was one of the ones I was like, we might, but I I could see a yeah like going either way. It was gonna yeah. get talked about no matter what. Because, oh, god damn, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It might be honestly. I think that might be like one of the first times I really like recognized Han Zimmer and being like oh I think I think this guy might be someone I listen mm-hmm. to and then I ended up like I have physical copies of movie scores he's done because they're just I love them <laughs> I yeah love absolutely. His music so my number five <laughs> my number five I've been excited for my number five because it's probably like... <laughs> I've been talking about, you know, my previous one, movies were all yeah. like, they, they have hope in them. They're inspiring. They're like, I mean, minus social network. That one's kind of got like the, <laughs> a little bit of a warning of like, hey, be be mindful of this. Um, it's important. right My number five is straight up like, oh, you thought that was cool. Dread. <laughs> and doom <laughs> and, okay. but it does these scenes in a very interesting way and this was one of those soundtracks as well as the movie where when I first saw this movie everything about it just completely took me off guard it scared the shit out of me It's I, I still stand by what I say where it's one of the most important movies I think high schoolers should be watching this movie so that they have an understanding of the dangers of addiction, the dangers of this kind of like free lifestyle, free uh, life with no boundaries. And how quickly it can slip away from you and the consequences of poor decisions um, and how drastic they actually are and can be. Um, I think, I think the music to this movie is just so perfect and kind of playing like addiction itself where it like it has moments where it makes you feel kind of like, Ooh, this is fun. This isn't bad. This is cool. Like it's got some (laughs) like electronica stuff where you're like, Ooh, catchy beat. Yeah. And then it'll literally sound like a piano is being slammed shut and you go straight into dread. Mm. And it's just that like harsh reality of you get caught up in this stuff and you lose sight and you lose touch with, living because you're so consumed with death Uh, so my number five is Requiem for a Dream by Clint Mansell it's one of the most intense soundtracks I think I've ever listened to and it does have kind of like a theme if you will Um, but when that plays at the end of the soundtrack and at the end of the movie it is so triggering on such a scary level of just like, look what you had and you completely gave it all away. Cause you just, yeah, you chose this over that and it was the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So the music elevates that movie. First off, if you've never seen Requiem, <laughs> <laughs> buckle up. Yeah. It's unlike anything you've really seen. Um, it's Jared Leto like you've never really seen. Uh, but the music to it is just so engrossing and it's just frightening. Even when it's like fun, like the music that plays when the mom is kind of daydreaming of being on her, her game show that she watches, even the music that plays during that is scary because you know like how quickly you get caught up in outside influences yeah. such as ads such as body image, such as <laughs> <it's>, oh, okay, <laughs> and it's <laughs>
0: okay,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: slippery, very slope.
1: slippery slope, and trying to fit in with the mass or what you think is the mass. Um, yeah, I just the music is like terrifying to me, but it feels the music feels just as important as the movie, and that's very yeah. telling to me just like mm-hmm. how emotionally important this film and the story and this music is. So I'm always going to preach yeah. this movie from the mountaintop. top, which is funny because I also don't want to recommend this movie to like a lot of people because <laughs> you're not going to feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a good time. It's been a long time since I've seen it. and I feel like I need to rewatch it and I'll also pay attention to the music. Uh, because I was mostly just focused on the Oh, yeah, because what like, you're watching feeling... on
1: screen is just like, oh, God.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so all of the music, I'm sure I picked up, but it's all subconscious yeah. and just kind of manipulating you like we talked about before. Uh, but that's a very good pick. I know you've brought that up on the show several times. You're a big proponent of it, even if it's not for everybody. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> okay. Uh, My number four is the one I thought was potentially the most likely to overlap with you. So I guess we will see. Uh, And it's one that we're in our top four. So they're all ones that are so close and very hard to quantify which one's better than the other.
1: Yeah, I found myself kind of resenting. Like, I don't want to say you're better than the other one because my top four (laughs) could all easily be my number one. Yeah, agreed.
0: (laughs) Absolutely agreed. But my number four uh, is also a little bit of a cheat because it's not just one movie. It's the whole trilogy. My number four is Lord of the Rings, all three films.
1: (laughs) Not a crossover.
0: Oh, my God. I can't believe it. (laughs) I thought it seemed so likely because... I know how big of a fan you are of the I am. movies.
1: I am. Don't worry, I have a whole defense prepared for it. Continue, sir. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm glad you thought of it, at least. Uh, so, Lord of the Rings, I feel like... And composed by Howard Shore, who's done a lot of great movies. Um, Twilight Saga Eclipse being one <laughs> of them. You, <laughs> but, you wrote that joke movies. down,
1: didn't you? It's in your uh, notes. I, I wrote the... <laughs> I wrote a list of the
0: movies he did, and then I did have Twilight Saga Eclipse on there. Uh, <laughs> he, he does have done a lot of great movies, but I feel like Lord of the Rings is just stratospheres above every other movie that could possibly exist, not just because the movies themselves are great, but because the scope of them are so huge, and he needed to create music that fits every single... Yeah style and race of creature from orcs to hobbits to man to uh, and then the whole journey of the fellowship i feel like lord of the rings it does a great thing where it has different themes for different characters and especially the fellowship theme Um, and through the course of the movie he will play that theme in different ways whether it's very triumphant as they're like setting out or whether it's kind of broken up as the fellowship is starting to break up or a little overshadowed by the orcs and all of this stuff the music itself just reacts in ways that the audience reacts and reacts in the ways that the characters react in such a great way and so it's it's the best piece of fantasy music that fully fully Mm -hmm. fleshes out this world when you hear the shire theme you're like i get the shire i get these people that are chilling in their little holes in the grass and no shoes they're great smoking weed whatever they're doing <laughs> and then you hear the deep dungeon saruman oh, theme, yeah. and it's just like oh my the god the of it's just completely <laughs> yeah and and the two towers and all of the yeah. battle sequences and everything the music is incredible and just completely mind-blowing and so it's it it could be higher it maybe technically should be higher on my list but all of the other ones are just a little more personal to me but lord of the rings just the scope and the breadth and the actual execution of it is so unbelievably amazing that it it has to be at the top of my list
1: um so it's not on my list and i know i
0: need this defense i need to hear all of it
1: has nothing to do with me not liking it as much as my top 10. Uh, okay. My top 10 really did come down. Because first two that I put on my list, dude, I'm not going to... It was Lord of the Rings, all three films. I said it exactly like yeah. you just did. <laughs> and it was Dragonheart. Like, Dragonheart was first, and then it was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But the more that I listen to all of these soundtracks, all the different movie scores that I've been listening to the 10 that ended up on my list were the ones that like they hit on such a deep personal level. And I'm going to mm. don't worry. I'm going to get a little vulnerable after my top, my number one. It's, okay. um, it's a safe you know, space. I know Now, <laughs> nah, it won't be that kind of vulnerability, <laughs> but it'll be, I realized as I compiled my list, I was like, I have mm-hmm. a theme. With my list, and the theme really hit hard, and something I didn't realize what was happening, but it, it mm-hmm. connects to something that's going on like outside the show. Jake, you know what that is, that's to come later. Yeah. Um, so Lord of the Rings, the soundtrack to Lord of the Rings, the score of it basically encompasses all 10 of my picks. It it's sure. basically all 10 of the scores that I love. So yeah. I didn't put it on there for that reason, and also I just I was like, you know what? As amazing as the music is, especially to Two Towers, because I know I specifically called out the Two Towers music in our Lord of the Rings episode. Yeah. Um, it's not on the list. It should be technically it should be, but it's not just because I picture. The Shire. I picture Mordor and I picture yeah. Sam and Frodo more when I listen to the music than I picture what the music does to me, like on a deep I don't mm. want to say spiritual level, but kind of close, you know, that that kind of that kind of yeah. realm. Um, you're saying it it just evokes the it film evokes that story, a, a, which does in turn invoke a lot a of like personal level. stuff of like the friendship and just the importance mm-hmm. of this journey that we go through and like the tribulations that we go through and all this stuff. But my top 10 really just it without even meaning to, they align so perfectly with this other thing. And I was like, this felt right. And it felt like I was Mm -hmm. making the correct decisions and I didn't want to put Lord of the Rings on there just to be like, see Lord of the Rings is on there because I said that it's one of like the best pieces ever a few episodes ago. Um, so that's my defense. It's, I am taking nothing away from Howard Shore and that music. I think (laughs) it is absolutely mind blowing how intricate Mm -hmm. and amazing the music tells the story of this whole journey that I guess for others. Yes. I hope it hits you on like a super deep personal level. Excuse me. Um, And it does kind of in a way, but for this juncture in my life, it still connects so closely to the Shire and to the Mm -hmm. the world of Middle Earth that as much as I connect to it, the music that I have in my top 10, they just felt more aligned in tune.
0: Yeah, I I think that's all... That's a good defense. I do not fault you at all for that. I think it's it's so personal that nobody can argue with it. And then also, I think that you're right. I do feel that same thing or see that same thing in the movie where the music seems to focus more on the mood of the mm-hmm. film in the sense that how the characters are feeling, what they're doing, what they're going through, and not so much on the tone, which is informing the audience how they should yeah. feel or invoking the emotions or personal connections to the audience. It's more, here's this incredible journey that these people went on and all the things they went through. Isn't that amazing? It and is, it is. <laughs> but it isn't as personal connection to reach out into the audience and grab your right, heart and squeeze right. it uh, like some of the others yeah. out there. So, so that's, that's cool.
1: my defense. I have, I have no ill will towards okay. the soundtrack of those films. It's, amazing it's mind-boggling how Mm -hmm. good that music is but these just hit a little closer to home personally (laughs) fair enough all right (laughs) and here's where people roll their eyes at me get over it it's my (laughs) yeah (laughs) my number four (sighs) honestly this is like, to me personally, it's the definitive, I guess you, I'll just bring it out, definitive superhero music I think I've ever heard in my life. But on yeah. such a higher level than that, this is the kind of music, it's the soundtrack where I I can relate to the movie, I can like hear a part of the music and see the scene that it that's playing. But mm. over time the music when i listen to it by itself i actually this is where it's gonna get weird folks i kind of <laughs> envision my own life and all the shit that i've like kind of been through and what i've had to like work through just to keep yeah. one foot in the front of the other and it's so inspiring to me it's so uplifting to me it makes me want to like move um so, my number four is Hans Zimmer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of course. But it's Man of Steel by Hans Zimmer. Yeah. This soundtrack, there is something, I swear to God, Hans Zimmer tapped into some like celestial <laughs> thing. And when I listen yeah. to this music, especially everyone calls out the track and they should, but when they call it the track Flight, it is just. Yeah the music makes you believe people can fly but more importantly it makes you believe that you yourself are destined to do great things and it has nothing to do with superman or or comic books in general i mean i associate to those pretty a lot (laughs) but on such a deep personal level this is the music where it's like i find myself having a bad day and i'm just shuffling through song after song or movie after movie if I listen to the Man of Steel soundtrack, I swear to God, I'm like, bring it on. Like, okay, (laughs) here we go. Even the somber moments, even the like scary moments in it, it doesn't matter because you constantly, at least I constantly just have it in the back of my head of like, the music is fueling something in me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. And it's on such a weird level for a movie score to do. But the Man of Steel soundtrack by Hans Zimmer is just impeccable. It's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I had a feeling you would have it on your list. You've been raving about Man of Steel for a long a time times in the last <laughs> dozen of episodes. And I know it's just connected to you in that incredible way. And uh, it does me as well. I feel like it's just, you know, it's in a beautiful film and a beautiful pieces of music that it's it's infuriating that initially it was not really yeah. accepted as a good Superman movie, and then over the course of time, as as Justice League and the Zack Snyderverse kind of happened, I think that it's viewed more uh, affectionately, but but it's still I think underrated yeah. overall as to how incredible that story is and how incredible the music is that fuels it because it, it does all of those things that you just said. it's it's every song is just kind of it elevates your emotional state to a, a yeah. different level than you've felt before. Regardless of what visuals you see on screen, the music alone can do that and that's really incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite track, it's very mm. short. it's actually quiet, but when I hear it, when I listen to it, it's that moment where to me it's like, that's the step that I'm going for. That's the moment that I'm like, I think not just me, but me, or as us as like a species or people, this is the moment we're all just trying to get to, and we just got to get there. So it like, to me, the soundtrack just hits so heavy. And yeah, it's kind of funny. I spent so many years being like, Superman's boring. And then like the last five, six years, I've been like, He might be one of the most important characters, yeah. <laughs> like to me personally. It's yeah. weird,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it takes that perspective to come out and have a, a filmmaker like Zack Snyder actually point out, I love Superman. Here's why <laughs> right. you should love Superman, <laughs> and you're like, you know what, you're right, actually. fair He's point, actually sir. Spiritual. You have
1: swayed my opinion,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You actually capture all of the good parts and all of the reasons that i should care very well okay uh my number three is somewhat of a necessity somewhat nostalgia somewhat my entire film life is based on this man's work so i couldn't have a list without having john williams on it he's responsible for probably at least the first five theme songs that you can think of <laughs> in your mind.
1: I'm not going to lie. Uh, as you he, say, John Williams, I'm like, okay, which one is he going with? Yeah.
0: I, I, He's responsible for every favorite movie that I had as a kid from ET to Hook to Jurassic Park to Indiana Jones. <laughs> all of them I loved, but I feel like the pinnacle example and especially for me personally, personally, my introduction to film and adventure and fantasy and not just i can't get away from it it's inevitable i had to put star wars empire strikes back (laughs) as my number three favorite uh film score it's just like i said john williams is the goat he's the incredible he's unbelievable especially when it comes to theme songs like if he's if you hear a theme song jurassic park theme song like I sing it all the time in my mind because <laughs> I can't get away. it. I do it. Jurassic
1: Park and Indiana Jones like <laughs> on a loop.
0: <laughs> yeah, on a loop, and so to hear the and the Star Wars is full of them. Like it, not and Empire Strikes Back specifically. It has Luke's theme. It has the Rebel theme. It has Leia's theme. The Force theme. Uh, As and, and then it debuted. Darth Vader's Imperial March theme and the Han and uh, Han princess theme with the romance between Leia starting to come up. All of those pieces of music are so specific and also so incredible that it's just another level and and unbeatable. And the, the impact that it had on me as a young person watching these movies and just feeling like, watching Star Wars as a kid, and seeing this fantasy adventure in space unfold, and hearing the music, and hearing the, the French horns and the trumpet blasts as the scroll happens and all this stuff. It's just, you feel transported to this unbelievable world, and that's that's all mm-hmm. that you need. It's just, it, you know it's adventurous, you know it's exciting. Uh, it can be dangerous and scary, but uh, overall, it's just unbelievable. So I couldn't get away from it. Star Wars is just way, way, way I think
1: there. it's so funny. I laughed. My- I didn't put Star Wars on mine. I did not. John Williams yeah. is not on my list, okay. actually. Um, <laughs> I didn't put Star Wars because I was like, Blasphemy. I feel like I would be forcing it if I put Star Wars on there. Because Star Wars... Uh-huh. Although, like, I have the entire saga. Um, Oh, wait, I shouldn't say that because people are going to think that I have all the side shit. No, I've got the the Skywalker (laughs) saga, right? The nine movies. That's really all that I, I guess, care about. But as you and I pointed out, oh, so long ago, like, Star Wars doesn't mean that much to me as it used to. Like, it still does, but it's not, it is not on that deep of a level anymore. So I was like... (laughs) it's awesome music. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put it on my list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I totally understand that feeling. Cause I have the same internal turmoil where I'm trying to, uh, trying to classify how I feel about this. Obviously I loved it as a child. I still really like the originals, but I don't, I I'm protective yeah. of them. Cause I, well, I'm protective that George Lucas and Disney doesn't ruin them any further. Here we got half. but I'm also they protective. just relit
1: more Star Wars movies.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm I'm more protective of the fandom and like to be a Star Wars yeah. fan is like a it thing is. that you have to do and be, and you have to be all about Disneyland, you have to be all about all of the other shit that they come out with. When I'm not, I'm just an original trilogy fan. I like these three movies. Leave me alone. Get off my (laughs) lawn. I don't want any of this other bullshit. I just want you to let me have the original trilogy in the theatrical format without Hayden Christensen as a force ghost at the end of Jedi. That's all I want with my life. And if I can find that path, if I can find that equilibrium and keep those other things and people and opinions out, then I'm very happy being a fan I know of the original are. Star Wars. And I'm very happy with how it has connected to me in, in my life. But it's a battle, man. It's it, a battle I just think keep... it's
1: hilarious because you've become... We've known each other for a long time. And Star Wars has become kind of a... <laughs> I don't want to say a touchy subject for you, but it's both become both. kind of a like a thing where you're like yeah. instantly like triggered first to it where you're like fucking star Wars. Like I've yeah. seen you just so mad about star Wars as a whole. I know. And I've, seen I've had to do love it. I've had to do a lot of healing. You've had to do a lot of stuff. I just think I it's was... so funny that like every now and again, <laughs> star Wars pops up in a top 10 for you. Uh-huh. And it's usually right around a time where you're like, God damn it. Fucking star Wars. So it's funny <laughs> that they just announced that we're getting more star Wars movies yeah. And like 2 weeks later here you are like John Williams Star Wars theme I can't deny it I, it's so amazing I can't <laughs> I can't get away from it I can't, it's
0: like an it's like your first love you know you're like you know what yeah she was a bitch she broke my heart she cheated on me all of the stuff but remember the beginning remember when it was great Remember when I felt love for the first time in my whole goddamn life? No, it's like that. But I do, I do often get upset and triggered because I, I wanted to be excited for the, the sequels in the early 2000s when, when George Lucas you know tricked me as a child into thinking they were cool. And then I was like, no, actually, this is uncomfortable and I don't like this. It's not what I love. I love the originals. <laughs> And then he's like, guess what? I'm also going to ruin the originals that you love. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, they're handing the reins to somebody who loves it. J.J. Abrams loved it. He will do something different. He did the same thing and then they did a bunch of other bullshit with the last two <laughs> movies. And that this doesn't need to be a Star Wars rant in this whole <laughs> podcast. But the point so is I've made, with, <laughs> I've made peace with I've made peace with disavowing and disowning all of the stuff that I don't like. It's very therapeutic. I've just shut it out. And I said, you know what? I don't need the last Jedi in my life. It doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) There it is.
0: It's a piece of shit. (laughs) And it can, you know, go to hell. I will just stay with what I want and what I like. And I'm an old angry man who's just tells Disney to get off my lawn with all this other Star Wars stuff and I will stay with Empire Strikes Back and New Hope and Return of the Jedi without Hayden Christensen at the end. And that's all I need to be a happy camper. And if in that world, if that world can exist, then John Williams and his music just transports me to a new, to my childhood. I feel like a child. I feel incredible. It's just a beautiful experience. And that's the world I'm trying to live there in. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Try to bring it back to the episode.
1: I told you it was triggering, folks. It's, a little bit. It's a touchy subject. It's a touchy subject. <laughs> so, okay. okay, what's
0: your number three?
1: <laughs> All right, so my number three, I don't need to go on an angry defensive rant. That's um, good. Yeah. Yeah. My number three is another one that showed up on my all time top 10 favorite movies. Uh, if you've started noticing like the top 10 that I listed were all very personal to me, they hit me on some very deep, like weird levels. The music does the same thing. The music to this movie is so important to me. It's more Hans Zimmer. Um, Mm -hmm. get over it. Uh, (laughs) But the the music to me is important because not only does it just fuel the movie itself, and I love the movie, but the music fuels, it it just keeps adding more layers for me. More layers of fuel to keep going and remind me of why I do what I do from the mundane to the absolute important, and it's all due to my kid, which Mm -hmm. is the central theme of this movie of just you do what you have to do just to make it back to your kid and as a father it hits so deep and there's pieces of music on this soundtrack that are just so emotional for me it's kind of difficult to listen to at times but then it, if i listen to it as a whole it's empowering and just kind of as a as a parent and as a father it just kind of like Mm -hmm. helps keep building me up you know you get the high from in the man of steel soundtrack and this is like it kind of mellows the high but heightens the importance and the uh i just lost the word but it just as a father i view the music and i connect to the music as a dad so inception by Hans zimmer yeah is my number three it's just so powerful to me And much like the movie with several layers, the soundtrack itself is so (laughs) layered with so many different emotions and excitements, and you're just all over the fucking place. And by the time the song Mm -hmm. Time plays, I'm just like, holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's... I I love the soundtrack. I love that movie. (laughs) Um, But it, it hits on a very, like, real level to me <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah it's definitely I didn't have it on my list because I had other very obviously a bunch of Hans Zimmer tracks yeah. and then also uh Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan pairing tracks so I I was like that's too much but Inception is way up there on the level of <laughs> of great music in movies and because it does all those things and you feel you feel especially the climax there's such long climaxes in that movie where they're doing all these things on multiple different levels and it's all like drawn out and the music doesn't stop but it also doesn't exhaust you it it, it encourages you to like not fall behind and to keep up and all of that Mm -hmm. it it's it very much could just feel like this is too much and it never does. It kind of <laughs> kind of lets you rest and then brings you back up again. And it does such a really good job of it. Inception is yeah.
1: amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. Go revisit Inception folks and watch it. Not as like a cool action movie. Watch it as the film that Nolan wanted you to see it as. It'll blow your yeah. fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's, in my top three Christopher Nolan movies, I think, for sure, uh, my number two is extremely similar to everything you said about your Man of Steel pick. In oh. the sense that it, I could do, I do anticipate listeners giving you a little, me a little bit of crap for this. I, it's a movie that I have unabashedly been. I a, I knew you were going to put this
1: on your top ten. I knew
0: it. <laughs> I have it on every top ten I possibly can. <laughs> Everybody that says it's not an incredible film is wrong because it's an unbelievably beautiful film. And the music takes all the Man of Steel stuff and builds upon it by adding Batman stuff and by adding Wonder Woman stuff. It's perfect. So my number two is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. And the way that Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL are able to combine and make this soundtrack the opening credits alone when it starts and you see little Bruce running through the field and there's a funeral procession and then you see his parents in the alley and all the music is the only thing that's happening and then you hear um you hear Ben Affleck's uh narration over it I get goosebumps every goddamn time because it is so beautiful and moving and and i get that multiple times during the movie i get it during the nightmare sequence i get it during the the superman at home with his parents sequence Mm -hmm. i get it like all of this stuff superman and lois superman in the desert saving lois all of this stuff and Mm -hmm. and when wonder woman comes out and that like guitar riff happens everybody's like i am in this movie now like that's just one riff i feel like it's it's great in this movie i feel like it's a little bit more like it became her theme for the wonder woman movie and they maybe did a little bit too much especially by the second one but in this movie particularly it just hits at that time and you're like yeah this is incredible let's go and and it connects everything in the movie just connects to the characters so well that you feel there you feel their feelings whether it's their sorrow or their unsureness or their motivations or whatever it's just unbelievable it's one of those soundtracks that i listen to without watching the movie all the time because every track is incredible yeah it's i do it too. incredible
1: i do it too it's not on my list because i was like there's no way jake is not going to have <laughs> batman v superman yeah. on here like there's no way
0: yeah <laughs> And it carries over all the same Superman themes and stuff that he had in man of steel already. So it'd be a little redundant. I I just get
1: that. Yeah. The Batman V Superman soundtrack. That one takes me off guard too. It's so powerful. It's so huge. Mm -hmm. When you get to like, uh, this is my world, you know, with Clark and, and Lois talking, or when you get to, Mm um, Oh my God. I can't remember the name of the track, but it's the one that they play towards the end. I think it's like, uh, we can do better or something like that, or we have to do better. It's the whole song yeah. and see that plays during the whole sequence of Bruce Wayne's dialogue of man's faults, but how important it is to come back together and how we have to, like, there is no choice. Mm-hmm. We have to do better. We have to be better. Uh, the music that yeah. plays during all that stuff is just so amazing. God, that movie's so good. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the part where people are like, good. oh, there go, Jake and Dustin again.
0: <laughs> yeah, a bunch of nerds. A
1: bunch of nerds and Snyder fans. Yes, we are. It's true. Un-
0: Unabashed. Yeah, we
1: make no apology for it. We know what we like. No. It connects to us, so that's we're going to embrace <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I knew you were going to have it. I'm so proud of you for having it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It had to be done. It had to be done. It was one of the first ones I wrote down because it's it's one that I just connect with immediately every time it plays.
1: Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. All right. Well, my number two is probably not the one you're going to think that I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) have. Trickery is afoot. Yeah. I love the music of this entire trilogy there's not a single bad thing with any of the music in all three of these movies. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, the music of the second one was like my favorite. Cause it's so creepy. It's so intense and huge, but the music of the third one is actually the one that has become the top tier for me. And again, it's because of the themes of the story, the overall story throughout the trilogy, and then just how I relate to it, how I connect to this character, to these characters, uh, and how Mm -hmm. the music that Hans Zimmer... Don't worry, folks, it's my last Hans Zimmer one. (laughs) What he's able to do with taking pieces from the first two movies, mixing it all into the third one, and then adding this whole theme of rising above everything and coming back from like whatever you think has completely broken you and overcoming Mm -hmm. that. That's the whole overarching theme of this whole incredible story. Um, Mm -hmm. The music to the third one is just nothing short of empowering to me. And when I listen to it, I feel just that, urgency and that importance and that just like there it is metaphorically it yeah. literally makes me feel like i can don the cape and cow and i can actually right. like rise so my number two is the dark Knight rises by han zimmer it's just the music mm-hmm. is so uplifting to me and it's so just like i got goosebumps right now just thinking about the tracks that are yeah. on it it's this trilogy means so much to me. the character, you know Batman, if you've been listening long enough or if you know me, you know how important mm-hmm. Batman is to me. and the music of this of the Dark Knight Rises is just the crescendo perfect way of fulfilling his story and then sending it into a personal level towards me. and it was like, yeah, I can't deny it and of course it's Batman. <laughs> It's Batman, guys. <laughs> right,
0: right. I feel like it has the best overarching themes of rising up out yeah. of the pit and and rebuilding after, like taking the blame for all this stuff and finding your way back. And the stakes are so much higher. Um, and all the Bane stuff. All the Bane stuff. It's so
1: it keeps adding just the intensity and the urgency of like, you are getting to the moments where like, you've, you know, you've made these choices. You've made, you're, you're in this spot. You've been broken. You're down. Yeah. There is no going back this. You have to end it correctly, or it will like completely take you. And it's just, yeah that's the overall story of Batman.
0: Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then adding on the, the, Robin stuff kind of in there. And then also the relationship with Alfred that you've had the entire series. And then he's begging you to stop. And then you, he doesn't leaves you and
1: you got to keep, and then you
0: reunite. And it's just, well, reunite after he attends your funeral. It's just so many beautiful (laughs) moments
1: in that movie. There really is. But yeah, the the music to it, it again, it's just like, for me, it's just like that Man of Steel album where if I'm just so like worn out, if yeah. I throw on Dark Knight Rises, I can literally physically feel myself kind of being rejuvenated and just being able to be like, I can breathe again. This feels good. Yeah. It feels good. Um, and yeah. it's so crazy that, you know, it's a, it's a comic book movie. It's a superhero movie. It's about really? a dude where he's dressed like a bat, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I I think he's just one of the most important characters like ever. Um, obviously, I'm a fan, and Hans Zimmer, yeah, whether it was Batman v Superman or all the music he did with Snyder during the Snyder trilogy, um, you know, the Snyderverse, or with mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, he just knew how to encompass all the important elements of the characters on such a personal level for the fan base and for white audiences. actually, I, I really argue that they're only made for like that percentage, you know, that demographic only the comic book. No Hans Zimmer's music and the way that these guys wrote these stories, they really are trying to get you to like face some stuff. (laughs) Yeah but
0: yeah yeah. stuff that everybody's experienced
1: i just i absolutely love the music so much (laughs) yeah
0: i completely agree i any of the trilogy all of his batman specific music is just incredible it's incredible so i i completely agree (laughs) uh funny we both had batman movies at number two though
1: that is funny uh
0: you you said that that was your last hans zimmer Uh, pick my last Hans Zimmer pick is now at number one I had the easiest time choosing my number one favorite uh, movie soundtrack because this movie I would watch with just the visuals and just the music no dialogue no sound effects like if that would be and that you would understand every emotion the characters are feeling every You don't need the dialogue to understand what's going on, what the stakes are. Every exciting scene would be just as exciting. Uh, So this movie and its music, I think, are just the most perfect. So my number one was Interstellar. (laughs) And it's just... As soon as you were like,
1: the visuals and music alone, like, oh, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, from from the truck sequence driving through the corn and chasing the drone, all of that music, the music as they're leaving earth and he's, you know, kind of excited for the future, but worried about his daughter back on earth to the, all of the going through black holes, where would you be torn apart? The freaking trying to dock sequence where that music and the way that it's just the most exciting piece of music you ever ever heard in your life. And, There's a lot of really soft, subtle, beautiful songs on that soundtrack, and then there are a lot of really exciting and unbelievably incredible, like epic, like to the point where you feel like it's overtaken 2001: A Space Odyssey, which is using the most famous classical music of all time. I feel like Hans Zimmer is the next Beethoven, like our generation's (laughs) Beethoven. Yes, I am so with you. that level of genius that is just everything he makes is unbelievably good and interstellar i think is among his best um for every reason imaginable yeah so I, I just am taken back to seeing it in the theater uh the couple of times i saw it when it first came out and and the music just kind of Flows over you the entire time. Like I just remember feeling so connected immediately Mm -hmm. with for when I didn't know where the story was going and all of this stuff. I was just being taken on this ship, which was the music transporting me through the movie. And I don't know. It's just the most beautiful connection, and I can't shake it. I have every single time I watch it. So it's it's the best example I think.
1: I. It's not on my list, but again, a lot like all of the music that didn't end up on my list, there's nothing wrong with that music. It's perfect. Yeah. Yes, Hans Zimmer. To me, like trying to pick my all time favorite Hans Zimmer was a little hard. I already said it a while ago. Like my top four could all <laughs> right. easily be my number one. Um, trying to pick my all time favorite Hans Zimmer is so difficult to me. Because his music, no matter what it's from, uh, it just always connects, it always mm-hmm. is perfect. It's like it just yeah. it helps, I mean, it fuels the story, it tells the story alone, and then it, it always has this way of like getting into you and like mm-hmm. kind of holding on to you and forcing you to be on a journey, whether it's uncomfortable, like trying to dock on a station in space. (sighs) It's one of the most intense sequences like ever. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Interstellar soundtrack is I I remember watching that movie for the first time in the theater and just instantly you get the giant visual that Nolan is so known for, but then you get the uh, Hans Zimmer overlay on it and you're just like, this is going to be heavy. This is heavy. Holy right. crap. Holy crap. Yeah. And you think this that for is three hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what film can be.
1: And, and you and I, I know some people are probably like, God, these guys just gush over Nolan and they gush over someone. Like, yes, because <laughs> very valid reasons. They know right. what they know how to create the, the movie experience. They embrace all right. aspects of the movie experience and, and they try to tell you, and they succeed, in my opinion, telling you incredible stories, compelling stories that yeah. you know you yeah, and I have, that
0: you can't get in any other media. You can't get it, and on, they don't rely you can't get on, it on TV. You can't get it in yeah, a book. And,
1: and they're not relying on cheap tricks. They're not relying right. on oh, we'll just get the A, you know, the AI. We'll just get the. The you know <laughs> yeah. special effects to do this. Their uh, jobs are we'll safe. just rely on the CGI of this, or we'll just play a a loop, or we'll I'll we'll just play a sample here. Right. Like there's never that option. The option with those guys mm-hmm. is always we're just gonna do it. <laughs> do it for real. <laughs> uh as, as much as they're allotted to. Obviously, they didn't travel <laughs> through the universe and black holes and
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there is a filmmaker <laughs> that's going to be like, "Yeah, we're actually filming a movie on the moon," it'll probably be Nolan. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably. Um, yeah, when SpaceX figures it all out, he'll be like, "Sign me <laughs> right? up!" Right?
1: But yeah, that's such a it's such an incredible out like movie score, and I agree one hundred percent with you on everything you said. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful and it's so intense. I think.
0: I think I read that Hans Zimmer said that it's his favorite yeah. score that he's done, which is an interesting thing out of all of the ones he's done, which is so many
1: out there. It's like I'm excited for when him and Nolan team back up if they're ever like allowed to, because Nolan left WB, but
0: yeah, <sighs> It'll I be hope be a good so.
1: day. I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So my number one. My number one started off as like my number 10, but it moved up for really one important thing about it. It's the first movie. It's the first score. That's, that's how I should word it. It's the first score that Mm -hmm. really taught me the importance of music in a movie and how important the music and how uh, moving The music can be for the story and yeah it it's a super fun movie um again it was in one of my top tens a long time ago but the music to it is very iconic but the soundtrack itself is so fun and it's so adventurous and it it just there's something about Mm. it i'm 30 you know mid 30s i still can't pinpoint why this super fun just like let's go do you know hey hey kind of movie score uh-huh. why it feels so like when you hear it you feel like you actually are going on this adventure um and it's so it's so cool but i i still remember the scene where i learned the importance of music in movies um And it's when, here's your build-up, it's when they're at the clock tower, and the lightning hits the clock tower, and (laughs) Marty connects with the car, and he's sent back into the future. The music to the Back Mm. to the Future series is so amazing by Alan Silvestri. It is. And that scene, when Doc is kind of in awe at the burning tire tracks, right? That are on the street. Yeah. He's in awe and he starts cheering that this crazy plan worked. They pulled off this insane thing. But the music that plays yeah. to it is like the theme song, but it's mm-hmm. it's so quiet. And it's like you feel the right. night, you feel the empty street, mm-hmm. and you feel the accomplishment. And I remember being very very little and seeing that and just instantly being like, "Oh, Oh, (laughs) so Back to the Future took number one because it's the movie and it's the score that really kind of taught me to pay attention Mm -hmm. to music and movies. So it had to take that. And plus Back to the Future, can you pinpoint it? When you watch that trilogy, (laughs) when you watch that trilogy, especially the first two, and they do the cliffhangers and they play the theme song when the cliffhanger comes up, right? Like To Be Continued, To Be Finished. Yeah. You feel just this sense of like, oh man, I'm like, I'm ready for it. Like, let's do this.
0: Wanna watch it right now. Right there. And
1: then you watch the third one and it brings up the end. You know, the train lifts and flies off after Doc tells him, like, dude, the future hasn't been written. Go make your own future. And you're like, Hell yeah, let's do this, Doc. And he flies (laughs) off. You get the end with the theme song. It's like, again, I got goosebumps. It's such a fun story they don't Mm -hmm. do anything to hit you on like super deep emotional levels but the music just seems to like make you want to do something to really make (laughs) your own future if you will and it's just so i couldn't deny it i was like i'll put it at number 10 because i love the music and i was like it'll probably be low Mm -hmm. on my list because it's more nostalgia and then I kept listening to it and mm-hmm. I watched the trilogy again and I kept listening to it. And I was like, I kept coming back to that scene. And when I was a little kid and was like, <laughs> I, how, how am I going to deny the influence that this had? It kicked off so much. So it right. takes, no, it takes number one because it's just, it's like one of the most important scores to me personally. And I just, mm-hmm. oh, I love that trilogy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely true. It's one of those movies that I I kind of had in the background of like considering, and I was like trying to remember it. And I was like, that's just a fun, fun movie. It's just a fun, silly movie. And they play all this, I knew the theme obviously yeah. in my mind and, I, and then I was kind of listening to it more and I was like, this soundtrack is way better than it has any right to be for just a fun adventure time travel movie. From the '80s, this is like—it's <laughs> true. I, it is way bigger and way better.
1: It, it's just incredible, and it's like—and when I listen to the soundtrack, when that song, that part kicks in, because I can pinpoint it. Yeah. Every time, it's like instant chills, and I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> there it is." It's like you made it. That's yeah. what the movie kind of, or that music makes me feel like is like, "You did it, you did it." Of course, yeah. then if you listen to the. So they do have a a trilogy. It's like the whole compact music of all three films. So you listen to it, you get that quiet, like accomplishment. And then it kicks in when, you know, Marty comes running back. Doc, I got to tell you something. I came back. (laughs) I'm back from the future. And you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's so fun listening to it. But by the time the last track plays, man, I was like, I was cleaning the cleaning my place. That last track ended. I kid you not. I had to get outside. I was like, I can't. I can't be in. Yeah. It's just like it's such a silly, fun story, but it just like right. pushes you.
0: <laughs> so it that's does. it. Yeah, it's inspirational and Top exciting. 10. And all the things you want. Top ten. It is. It is.
1: Woohoo! Uh, All right, man. <laughs> I yeah. have probably way too many. For some uh, honorable mentions, <laughs> honorable mentions. So I'll try to lower them, or I'll I'll try to condense it down. Go ahead, but choose,
0: choose the top. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, I felt like I, as big as Batman fan as I am, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Leaving Danny Elfman's original Batman theme off felt. Wrong.
1: It felt and so I feel
0: like I have to put it on there. Yeah, it does, especially because it not it, it defined Batman for me. Like the way that the way that that uh, voice of Batman in the animated series is always going to be Batman for me. That song from the original Batman became the theme for the animated mm-hmm. series, and it's just between Tim Burton's movie and between the animated series, that is just the mm-hmm. Batman song. So. I had to feel, I feel like Danny Elfman's theme, just uh, that theme in particular, uh, it had to be on my list. I was going to also say my second favorite uh, John Williams score has to be Jurassic Park because it's just the entire thing is amazing. Jurassic Park as a film is perfect. (laughs) So Jurassic Park is on the list. Uh, And then I was also going to put Halloween, Halloween, because even though the 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 score is so different Mm -hmm. it's not like a super polished big score like all the other ones on my list um it is very small and 70s and you know just kind of weird but i love i think it's perfect for the movie that it's in which is all you really need and i also love that um john carpenter composed it as well as wrote the movie and directed the movie and i think that he's a genius that who does all those things that's amazing so halloween is on there um another incredible especially war and dealing with different themes especially about brotherhood and separation all the stuff is gettysburg Mm -hmm. the original uh gettysburg has an incredible soundtrack um and then uh, I really like the Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack, which is also uh, uh, Junkie XL, and uh, that all of that stuff. Every the whole movie and the the, I the was, War Boys and the Cars and I was wondering.
1: I was so back and forth. Was like I could see Jake putting Mad Max Fury Road on there, but I could see him not <laughs> having it on there. But he might have mm. it on there. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where, <laughs> if it'll show up or not.
0: Yeah, it was close.
1: I bet. Uh, Okay, so I did not have... Aside from all the ones that we already mentioned during the episode, (laughs) uh, I will throw John Williams on my honorable, not for Star Wars, though, but for Indiana (laughs) Jones. um, Yeah. I I love the Raiders soundtrack. It's so cool. It's so much fun. And that theme song for Mm Indy... I already said it at the top of the thing. like <laughs> if I hum music, I hum, what what I say? Indiana Jones, I hum Jurassic Park or it's super Mario, but <laughs> yeah. like, but Indiana Jones is always the go-to for me. I yeah. love Indiana Jones and John Williams score for it is just a blast. Um, I gotta say signs by James Newton Howard. Ooh, it is actually, of all the music he has done for M. Night Shyamalan, Signs is my personal mm-hmm. favorite because it's so quiet. But yeah. then he has those moments with like the aliens and stuff where it's so creepy. Like mm-hmm. if I play just the opening song and my daughter hears a snippet, she's instantly like, "Dad, no, no, no! You got to turn that off." Like, <laughs> we're not doing that. I am not going to imagine an yeah. alien standing outside my window. I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, it's a Hans Zimmer one, but Da Vinci Code slash Angels and Demons. The music he did for those two movies is beautiful. Oh. It's so beautiful. There's like choirs. It it sounds like it's all for a cathedral and an adventure. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> on a complete side or left uh, turn, the score for Inside Out by uh, Michael Giacchino or however you say his name. Okay. Yeah. It's First off, Inside Out is one of the greatest films, like especially Pixar. It's so good. It's too good. Uh, But the music does such a great job of going through all the different stuff of just every day or every emotion that we go through, which is what the movie is. Mm -hmm. You get the playfulness, you get the kind of like, oh, it's not as fun. You get the super silliness, the last third of that soundtrack when it goes like <laughs> we're done with the, the silliness and now you're gonna just have yeah. to face some some tough shit <laughs> it's almost enough to make you cry man oh it's so beautiful it, it's so good so good yeah so I, I would say that's it I okay. think that's good I probably have like 2,000 more but we'll call it we'll call it good there
0: <laughs> well, we'll have to cut it off somewhere.
2: Yeah, we I guess good. We just have
0: to. Okay. So that was our top 10 scores. That's it? Finally got top out there. 10 scores.
1: Um, Man, it'll be weird. we to mentioned a couple that's times that we scored. have been. Wa-
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, We mentioned a couple of times in this episode that we've been watching a lot of Indiana Jones lately. And there's a good reason for that. Because next episode comes out a week before the new movie, Indiana Jones. And so we're going to do a full Indiana Jones adventure so far episode with the all four movies even though we'll have the same problem that we had a minute ago where I complained about star Wars, which is at least one of those movies I have publicly proclaimed is dead to me at one point in this podcast. (laughs) I have to rewatch it now. Thanks to this show, but, uh, that should be fun. I've been enjoying, I've only watched the first two so far and I've enjoyed them very much.
1: So we'll see how that goes. I've watched, I've watched all four. Um, and then I told my daughter, okay. like, because she'll be home with me uh, this upcoming weekend, and told her, Hey, you can watch indie with me and get ready for the new one. She was like, <laughs> oh, I might do that, Dad, because she likes Indiana Jones. And yeah, <laughs> I really. just, I'm stoked for this one, even though we got to talk about the fourth one. <sighs> <laughs> but
0: yeah, it, uh, I have not seen it since I first saw it. And so I am kind of curious. You're going to be so mad because
1: it's it. going to be just as bad as you remember.
0: I... Okay, good. That's wonderful. I can't wait to get to that.
1: <laughs> I can still pinpoint, like, every time I've watched it, and I've watched it a handful of times. I mean, I have the the whole thing. Mm. Um, Every time I watch that fourth one, there's a couple moments where I'm like, eh, eh. But there's one specific scene. Every time I watch it, I'm like, there it is. <laughs> Here it is. The moment that I start not liking this movie and it just like it's not even a gradual it's like a and done (laughs) yeah (laughs) i remember
0: that feeling in the theater and so i'll be looking out for that moment as well but
1: that original trilogy those first three movies oh my god they're good
0: yeah i'm very curious how it holds up to the new one i guess we'll see uh in a few weeks but yeah, so it'll be four movies. We won't do scene by scene dissection like we normally do, but we'll do as much as we can. We'll I, I think hit the high points at least. It, it'll
1: be a it's going to be a fun episode. I kind of have like an idea of where we're actually going to end up taking it. I feel like you're probably okay. already on the same page because we won't dissect. We couldn't even dissect the room with enough time to go into the Disaster <laughs> Artist, and the room is like we spent three damn
0: hours <laughs> on the room. <laughs> glorious hours glorious hours they were really good i enjoyed it thoroughly
1: so go ahead uh let us know like your favorite movie scores and like what music is kind of yeah hit you a little bit um it's
0: entirely possible you will think of one that we did not and i would like you to call us out if we missed any that should have been on our lists
1: i feel like there's probably a lot and i'm not gonna apologize for my list it is my list. Uh but right. I know there's a lot that I missed. I know there is. So yeah. Let us know. Uh go buy your cool shit that we got. Uh those puzzles are pretty killer. There's an awesome new like little mug <laughs> that I, I yeah. I'm digging that mug. Uh we got some hats. <laughs> the hats are cool. Uh go check it out guys and yeah. uh join the conversation kind of like let us know what movies you're watching or what we think of certain movies. Uh, It's really easy to get Jake to get into some internet arguments. Uh, (laughs) Do that. (laughs) People say dumb shit online.
0: I don't know what to tell
1: you. It's so bad. I'll be at work and my phone will just be blowing up and I'll be like, what's going on? I (laughs) feel bad. I
0: feel bad because I I start getting in notifications and I know you're getting them too, because we share the account and I'm like, I shouldn't have said that on that page, but oh well.
1: I just honestly, Jake, I read it and I go, God damn it. Okay. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to join in. I had these people arguing with me that Greta
0: Gerwig is as good of a director as Christopher Nolan and, and she's made three movies so far what did she make? one of them was little she made little women the adaptation of the original little women with chris uh christopher you know the original little woman with the girl from the one thing and the one guy from that other thing and then she made lady bird okay and then barbie is going to be her third okay. movie and barbie is basically a non-established so, property already established property so as well let's see
1: here uh little women was a remake of, I think, a remake uh, that everyone forgot even existed. Um, Lady Bird had Based some Academy Award acclaim, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, people like. it. But I'm pretty sure reason. a lot of people have forgotten about that movie already. And Barbie will have its time in the sun. Like, it's going to have its moment. Yeah. But it's probably going to be like, okay, I forgot that movie came it's out. It's also not out yet. <laughs> And it's also also not not out
0: yet, yet, so you can't claim that she's an unbelievably talented director and writer who's done all these amazing things. I I threw him a bone. I said, she's good. She's not on the level of Christopher Nolan. That's all I said. People got very upset.
1: Yeah. Oh, I saw some of the upset stuff that you were...
0: So yeah. that's fun. If you find us on Instagram, you can join in on. Our
1: conversation. <laughs> and please and and you can laugh as honor. you uh, troll Jake and know that I'm getting the notifications while I'm at my my job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can I laugh apparently don't just... have a job and just no. You you troll have a, job. Online you have a job. You have a job. You have a job. All right, yeah, it's a good time. It is. And it is. If funny. you don't want to be there for that, we post post funny memes about the topic i have some fire memes i know i said at the beginning nobody says fire but my memes are going to be fire for this episode um particularly some reels and tiktoks Uh, you
1: will like them i'm stoked i i always know like (laughs) when we finish recording i always get excited because i am no good at making reels or memes i'm just not <laughs> it is not my cup of tea i've uh-huh. tried so many times and i'll look at it and i'm like that's we're not gonna post that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have that too i'm like i'm kind of embarrassed i made that but, but yours are you know,
1: great they're always so good and i get Goes so away. excited because i know like it'll either be sundays or monday i'm gonna wake up and there's just gonna be like two or three new ones there and i'm like there it is there <laughs> it is
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's always something yeah. good so find us on instagram and youtube now i will be youtube trying to post them over remember there.
1: remember well. folks subscribe to our youtube it helps out and we like seeing you guys we want to interact with you guys so
0: we do we do it's not just us out here on it's our own
1: <laughs> all right folks
0: couldn't do it without you
1: it's true it's true all right everyone it's true see you all later right. thanks for listening thank you I love you. See you Bye. Next time.